0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto Parts. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com.
2: As the Jalen Ramsey world turns... We continue on a Wednesday as the Jaguars get set to take on the Tennessee Titans in about 24 hours or so. And I just asked Austin Lane right before the show, did I miss anything in the last three minutes, five (laughs) minutes? It's like you're almost afraid to do anything now. Like in our world, in my world, TV land and everything, you wake up at four in the morning and you check your phone. You wake up at six thirty, you check your phone. You you go take a shower. And you come back out and you check your phone. I mean, it's like you don't want to go too far away. And so now I'm wondering in the next few days, the next week, where am I going to be when the you know what hits the fan?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Again. I I, I wasn't getting up, you know, every hour of the the morning uh, checking my phone. But I had a feeling once I woke up in the morning around, you know, 730 that I'd probably see some news regarding, you know, maybe got shipped someplace else. Go on my cell phone, go on the Twitter feed, because that's how I get my news. And uh, no, he hasn't been shipped yet. Um, There's a possibility of him playing Thursday, and we'll also get into that a little bit on the show, too, as well. But all things considered, Jalen Ramsey, despite of all the drama so far, is still a Jacksonville Jaguar.
2: And by the way, there's a thought for me that I don't know if it's happening anytime soon. I don't think it. Is As I stand here now, now I have the right to change my mind in a matter of moments, but if I get new information, but I I just don't know if anybody's sitting there dangling two number one picks or anything close. I I think we got to be a little careful to get wrapped up in just the, the two first round picks. I shouldn't say number one, two first round picks and. I think that's a high price tag, and I think what people are trying to do, whether it's the Chiefs or the this team or the that team, is try to take advantage of the situation early on and say, hey, we'll give you a one, we'll give you a fifth-round pick in 2020, and we'll get them off your hands, and we'll give them a lot of money, and you won't have to spend that kind of money, and you get them out of there. Mm-hmm. And we're ready to win right now. Well, first of all, if I were the Jags, hey, it's the Chiefs. I, I'm just throwing there because everybody says, oh, the Chiefs might do this. They've done this before. Yeah. Well, and they're close to winning the Super Bowl. makes sense on a lot of different fronts, but – If I'm the Jags, I'm like, well, what the heck do I want your 29th pick overall in next year's draft for? Mm -hmm. And then the 200th pick or whatever it might be in in next year or the year after, you know? Mm So uh, you got to be really careful here. There's a lot of value that the Jaguars have to get for Jalen Ramsey. They have to. They're not doing their job if they don't. This isn't, to me, this isn't the Jags said, we need to trade this guy. This is a guy that came into them and said, I want to trade. And so, therefore, they're going to get what they feel is justified in return. Now, will they get exactly what they want? Maybe not. But I think that could take longer is the moral of my story here. People think, and I saw Ian Rappaport say, hey, a lot of people think by Friday something will go down. And maybe he's right. I, I, I wouldn't eliminate it. I just have a hunch and a feeling that this is going to take longer than people think. And it might even be a matter of weeks. And in that time frame, I actually joked with somebody today, if the Jaguars win tomorrow night, and Jalen Ramsey plays well in that game and now they're one and two. And he's still on the football team. And then they go up to Denver, they win in their two and two. And everybody's smiling all of a sudden in Jacksonville now. Jalen can turn on a dime. Is Jalen still want to be traded? Or was that an emotional reaction on Sunday and Monday or a pre calculated thing that happened? Weeks in advance, days in advance, months in advance, however you want to frame it. Because all I have to do is take you back to the middle of August when he was praising Doug Marone about the camp he was running and giving it, putting in the players' hands. And, and he would seem to be okay that he wasn't getting a contract this fall, but they would talk about it after the season type of thing. You know, So I think there's emotion involved here, and wins and losses certainly dictate emotion in the NFL.
3: So when they asked Jalen Ramsey about Doug Marone during training camp, what did they ask him? They asked him, "What what are your thoughts about Doug Marone kind of easing things up, you know, with the practice of the training camp?" Yeah. And Jalen Ramsey answered honestly. That's not to say Jalen Ramsey didn't have a problem with Doug Marone during true. training camp. It was That's just true. the question was, "What do you feel about this training camp this year with Doug Marone?" And he answered truthfully. So to say is it an emotional thing where Jalen Ramsey kind of went off on the sidelines, and now. You know, maybe next week they, they come off a win with the Titans. They go to Denver, they win, and all of a sudden Jalen's good. I, I don't know if I can buy into that whole, uh, belief system there, Brent, because I feel like, like I said yesterday, I feel like this has been building up and building up and building up, whether it's been a year, two years, or whatever it's been. This isn't something fresh and new. All right. This isn't just something that happened on the sidelines and all of a sudden now we're here. This has been building up and building up, and the sideline incident was the final straw. So from that perspective, um i i just don't agree with that part of it now with with Jalen ramsey and we have to remember here too if, if if i'm the if i'm doug marone if i'm dave caldwell yeah you want to get draft picks back for Jalen ramsey obviously and you want to get the highest back possible but at the same time but at the very same time i'm trying to win this season brent if, if, if i'm dave caldwell if i'm doug marone I'm worried about my job right now. I'm not worried about the future. I'm just trying to live for today. So with that being said, I'm trying to stall Jalen Ramsey as much as possible because when you talk about Jalen Ramsey, you know damn well when he's on the field, regardless of the stipulations, regardless of what's going on in the locker room, regardless of what's going on in that stadium, he's going to give
2: 110%. Yeah, well, he is going to do that, and I'm not worried about that tomorrow night. I think he'll play, and he'll play well, uh, and that's where I sit right now. Do you think he'll play tomorrow night? Yeah, Absolutely. You do? Yeah. Now, if there's something imminent on Friday and there's a deal in the works, he can't play tomorrow night, right? You'd have to inactivate him.
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, if there's a tree, if there's a team that's ready to trade him, then absolutely. But once again, I just said, I mean, if, if I'm Dave Carlo, if I'm Doug Marone and my job's on the line, I can't bring in, you know, two first round draft picks this year and let him play for me. I have to wait till next year. Well, my job's on the line. I don't care about draft picks right now. I care about winning games. Yeah, And the best uh ability to win the games is Jalen Ramsey on the field.
2: Yeah, and they do, by the way, in my opinion, I just told somebody else this. I said the Jaguars have a responsibility in that front office, whether they think they're going to be here or not, whether their job's on the line or not. And I understand your point, and I think you are right about it. Yeah. But they do have a responsibility to do what's right for the organization. So they're not just going to – and that's down the road whether they're here or not. I think there's kind of an unwritten rule mm-hmm. in front office people in sports to – you got to do what's right for the organization in the long run uh, and prepare like you are here. And I think the Jalen situation, from a value standpoint, should indicate that. I think it will indicate that to a degree. I'm not saying they will get two first-round picks, but – I think they'll get something close to that if that's what they value him as. I don't think they're going to settle on a first and a fifth. Uh, I don't even think they're going to settle on a first and a marginal player. It would have to be a really good player along with that first round or a draft choice. And, again, you have to wonder where these teams are picking. Is it a team that you think might pick in the top half? of the first round, the bottom map of the first round, and that might change and dictate what else goes along with that, whether it's a second-round pick, another first-round pick, uh what kind of player that goes in it. So I think there's a lot to do on that front, and I don't think that happens overnight. I really don't. I, and that's why I believe he'll play tomorrow night. I think there's a really good chance he's here longer than most people think. And I'm not saying I would be surprised if he's out of here by the weekend but I sure as heck would not be surprised if he is here on the weekend.
3: Yeah, and the last thing you want to do is if there are trade talks, you don't want to wrap them in bubble wrap and say, "You know what? We're not going to put our, you know, our biggest asset on the field because we don't want him to get hurt." You you can't play like that. You can't win games like that, and that's sending the wrong message to your team. So, all those things considered, you're all Jalen Ramsey. If suitors come, so be it. At the end of the day, regardless if he plays, you know, if he holds Corey Davis or whoever it is down to, you know, 20 yards. Or if he maybe has an off game, let's 75 yards. That's an off game for Jalen Ramsey. That's ridiculous that I have to say that. But that is an off game for Jalen Ramsey. Regardless of that, teams know what they're already getting with Jalen Ramsey. And they understand that they're getting probably the number one, if not number two corner in the entire NFL right now.
2: All right. uh, to come up on the show is a lot of Jalen Ramsey talk, but we won't just stick on Ramsey like we did yesterday for 99% of the show. Mm-hmm. We have some guests as well. Ryan O'Halloran wants to jump in on the Ramsey front. Uh, we will go to Nashville, and Steve Lehman will jump in and talk Titans a little bit. But I want their uh perception of everything going on in the division with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the Jalen Ramsey front. And by the way, that's a team that he said he would like to play for at some point. Uh, He did that in a podcast over the summer. And we also have Maurice Jones-Drew. He will join us throughout uh, this afternoon on the show, not throughout the entire show, but around 4.30. And we'll get his thoughts on the Ramsey front and what it means for that locker room and where the Jags sit right now. And I think he'll be a great person to ask about how they handle star players in Jacksonville a little bit more on our conversation. I want to spread the wings on the Ramsey front when we do talk about them today. And there's a lot more things to get to. It's not everything we talked about yesterday. I'm not going to rehash everything. That's already there in the books, and you can see it on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast, or you go back on the social media platforms, the digital platforms, and you can listen and watch the show. So I want to elaborate a little bit more and go somewhere else with this. One of the things I think that players are starting to do that is about as childish as I believe it gets. And it shows you how the game has changed from an athlete perspective. And you also want to talk about how the game has changed from the athlete perspective. We might be able to get Lane a little fired up today. I think at least that's what I gathered from a text.
3: I'm probably going to be fired up. Yes, We might be able to get a little bit fired up. No, I, I definitely will be. Don't worry.
2: What happened to the best tandem in the NFL at the cornerback position? A.J. Boyer is either hurt or not playing well, mm-hmm. and Jalen Ramsey wants out. Blew it up, maybe in a matter of weeks, just like that. Also, I semi-teased something yesterday about the NFL and wasn't able to get to it. I will today. I wonder, and I'm not saying this week. I don't want to get over dramatic. I'm talking about these last couple of months, maybe what's about to transpire in the next few weeks in the NFL, not just in Jacksonville, is something we look back on in 5 or 10 or maybe even 15 years and say, Oof, that was the beginning of a little bit of a slide in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I've got a theory about it, and I'll share it with you uh, on the way in the show today. But first, when we come back, I think Austin Lane's going to vent a little bit here on ESPN 690. It's coming
3: up. All I know is is greatness from him, you know, uh, on the football field, you know, so so, that's all I know. So I expect him to go out there and perform at a high level, you know, and uh, and, uh, hopefully, it'll help us win some ballgames.
2: Well, that's Calais Campbell yesterday in the locker room, and the players were kind of interesting on this. You know, if you look at their demeanor, I know that's hard to do on the radio side, but if you even hear the tone of their voice, I think they're a little bit taken aback by all this. I think that's fair to say, and I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I heard and saw Yannick Ngakwe and Calais Campbell and uh, Leonard Fournette, and I don't think they were like to the point. Sometimes you see in these things where you, got, you just are all in and got the guys back. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, whether it might whether it was a Kaepernick situation or whether it was a guy that's holding up for a contract or whatever it might be. And players respect players and players want their players back. There's an NFLPA for a reason. And I'm not saying they didn't have Jalen Ramsey back. Please don't get that mixed up. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they were kind of like – you could almost sense like, okay, like I get some of this, but – we got well, a football game to be played.
3: True, but you know you can't say the same for Miles Jack. Though Miles Jack was pretty adamant that they wanted to resign uh, Jalen Ramsey to a new deal.
2: He and was him on the team. Yeah, he was, and and even and his, that's their captain. You know, I thought it was interesting because his whole deal was kind of like spontaneous. How he we went down there for the news conference because to be honest with you, it it was an interesting look from Miles Jack to go down there for the news conference after he just got thirty three million dollars from the organization. He doesn't have a beef with the organization. Right. No, but
3: Jalen Ramsey's his teammate, though, Brent. I understand. But if you
2: just got handed $33 million from those same people, you don't really have a beef. You're going to protect the guy that asked for a trade and doesn't want to be a part of it.
3: It depends what what you believe in. Do you believe in family more and brotherhood, or do you believe in money
2: more? In my opinion. Well, uh, where should the loyalty lie? I mean, what's Jalen Ramsey giving Miles Jack? Bro, that's that's his
3: teammate, okay? Like, I get it. Where you got offered a new contract, you're paid like the third highest linebacker uh, in the NFL right now. So, yes, you have to be loyal to the team. But at the same time, the guy that's writing the checks, the guy that negotiated the checks, isn't on the field with you every single day, isn't going through training camp with you every single day, isn't going through meetings with you every single day, okay? They're not. Jalen Ramsey's with Miles Jack every single day. Jalen Ramsey's, you know, putting his body on the line with Miles Jack every single day. So from that perspective... Yeah, Miles Jack has Jalen Ramsey's back, regardless of how much Miles Jack is making from the Jaguars.
2: Yeah, and, and that goes back to, though, isn't there a little bit of part of some people in that locker room? I'm not saying Miles Jack, I'm not saying Calais Campbell. I'm not putting any words in anybody's mouth, and I'm not even labeling any of them. But don't you think there are some people that went home last night or Tuesday morning before they got in the building and may have even whispered to their wife or to their mom or dad or mm-hmm. to their their girlfriend or maybe even another teammate and said, That guy is my teammate. I love that guy for going through everything. And now he just flipped this season on its head in the last two days, even though we all just went through this together. Like, why am I showing this sign of respect and love for Jalen Ramsey when he basically just said, sorry, guys, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Why should I show this love and respect for Jalen Ramsey if he just did that to his teammates in his locker room? Because he can say all he wants and he loves his teammates. But that's what he just did.
3: No, absolutely. And if I'm Jalen Ramsey's teammate, yes, I would selfishly want him on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you know why? Because it's most importantly to win games. True. And if Jalen leaves and if they get draft picks, whatever they get from? well, I'm not winning games this year. So that affects me as a player. But at the end of the day, like I said, the guy that you sit next to in the locker, the guy that you go to battle with on the field every single day, the most important part that I want to see, Brent, more than winning games and more than, you know, my teammate being treated right is my teammate being happy. And if Jalen Ramsey isn't happy here, if Jalen Ramsey's fed up with the situation here and he can't ex, you know, he can't be himself. Um, he's dreading coming to work every single day. Then as his teammate, and I don't care if he's a pro bowler or I don't care if he's the last guy on the list of that roster. I don't care. If he's not happy, I just want to see that dude be happy because we, we've been through too much to, to let, you know, Politics of me getting paid by a certain amount by the organization dictate
2: that. That's very admirable of you, and I'm not saying it doesn't exist in the locker room, and I'm not saying that's not you and maybe 40 guys in the locker room. Mm -hmm. I just have a hard time believing everybody thinks that way. Yeah, I mean I, I mean and you've played with a lot well, of people that probably don't think that right, way. Yeah,
3: but and you have to understand the, the game of the NFL and listen, I, I talk about the landscape changing all this, but this comment here, it's always been the same in the NFL. Players play for different reasons. I'll take you back to the combine real quick. When when I was meeting with the Pittsburgh Steelers scout, first question they asked me, Why do you play football and why do you want to play in the NFL? And I told them, Because I want to win a Super Bowl. Duh. And he's like, you you'd you be surprised how many players don't answer that question. He goes, number one, that was the right question. Right, I'm sorry, the right answer. That's what we want in Pittsburgh. We want to win Super Bowls. But you'd be surprised how many guys don't answer that way. How, how many guys are going to say the glory? How many guys are going to say the money? How many guys are going to say just the fame and the re- reputation whatever it is <laughs> or the, the, the pension uh you know even like just to have fun yeah there's a million answers for there and there's a million answers in that jaguars locker room right now while, guy, while guys are playing the game That's good some point. for money some for family whatever it is but at the end of the day and this is you know there's outliers brent there's outliers in any kind of job but at the end of the day they're still going to be close with each other and the fact that if you don't see your brother is happy if you don't see your brother's succeeding or just being his best self then you're going to support him no matter what he does.
2: All right. Uh, I want to get to your point. You texted me this morning, and <laughs> and we and and by the way, you had already tweeted out, and I think I tweeted on top of that. And we've had these discussions. This is not a Jalen Ramsey only discussion. I, I want to preface that because I think, uh, you know, hopefully we're, we're getting more and more listeners here to the show. And I think a topic like Jalen Ramsey brings new people on checking it out. But we have talked about this, right? How many times have we talked about in the last nine months the branding of players in sports, whether it's the NBA, NFL, yeah. MLB, everything else? And what that is also is a changing of the way players approach things inside, I think, even a locker room or on, in a franchise and how they view things. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a disconnect. at, And I agree with you on this, and I don't know how much of it I agree with you, but in principle, I've heard a lot of people, what I tweeted today, is I've heard a lot of people in the last day or so talk about, and they're former players, and, and not just here in Jacksonville. I'm not talking just about the Jacksonville former players. I've seen this everywhere. I, I've seen it everywhere about, well, this isn't how you're supposed to do it. This isn't how it's done. This isn't pl- players don't do this. When I played, this... Hey, it's a different animal. And people don't want to acknowledge change when it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's happening in front of our eyes. You're 31 years old. We just brought this up Monday. You're a 31-year-old. You played in the NFL now, what, five year, four years ago?
4: Five, I Five think. years yeah. ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And you even say it's changed from since you yeah. left in 2014. Mm-hmm. So... That's how much it's changing in front of our eyes, right? Yeah. The Le'Veon Bell situation, Antonio Brown to Oakland and now to New England, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon situation, Ezekiel Elliott situation, now this Jalen Ramsey situation. Not to say anything is like this has never happened before. Yeah, But the way it's viewed and how this is working and what's going on and what players are willing to risk is changing in the NFL. It is not your daddy's NFL. Mm. I even tweeted that a a couple of days ago. (laughs) The ultimate team game is no longer the ultimate team game. It's about me first. Mm. It's about my brand. It's about my checking account. And then, yeah, I want to win, too, by the way. I want it all. But I want to take care of me first. That's the way I view it. Yeah. Well, the, the difference in generations is your beef, though, at how people view of it. Go so, ahead.
3: yeah. So here's the thing. And before I get started here, I should probably preface this by saying a little statement here. So, Brent, you've known me for a while now. I've done the radio show for a while in terms of football mentality. I'm from the old school, okay? I was the guy who was begging for full pads every single day. I was two the guy days. that was, I was begging for <laughs> Jack W. I not two days, but I, but I was the guy <laughs> that was begging Jack W. Let's Oklahoma Joe's today, you know, because I love that part of the game. I, I'll be honest with you, and I've said it before on this show. I hated pass rushing. Do you know why? Because I didn't care about flipping my hips, uh, you know, using a swim move and getting off the block. No, I, I wanted to go in on fourth on one. I wanted to be mano-a-mano and see who the man really was and who's going to push who back. That's what I loved about football. To me, that's football. It's the trenches. It's the warfare. And I run love that ball. Run the ball and it. stop the run. Thank you very much, man. I'll be saying it to the day I die. <laughs> True story. So... You, you know, you, you may wonder, like, well, why do I have Jalen Ramsey's side? Like, what? And, and it's pretty evident that I'm taking Jalen Ramsey's side here. And it's not that I'm taking Jalen Ramsey's side. I don't really know Jalen Ramsey. I've worked, with, well, I've worked out with him a couple times. We might have said three or four words. I can't call Jalen Ramsey and he's going to come pick me up at the airport, okay? We're not friends, all right? He probably doesn't know me from Adam. So be it. I'm not taking Jalen Ramsey's side. I'm seeing the side of the player of the modern era football player. Now, how how did I get there in the first place, Brent? We we live in a world now, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on social media, where it's like the cool thing to hate on something, right? Where this music sucks, uh, um, this movie sucks, so everybody just pile on. Remember when Jason Witten was doing Monday Night Football? I felt bad for Jason Witten. Yeah, he wasn't the best, but it was his first year doing it, and everybody piled on him. Well, you guys drove him outside the booth, and now he's playing for the Dallas Cowboys. He's like 50-something years old because he (laughs) couldn't do the booth anymore because he was tired of the hate all the time. I get it, Jason, man. I'm with you. I thought you were okay. But that's kind of the cool thing to do now is hate on things, So, and it's a generational thing. So when I turn on the radio, when I go on ESPN, when I read articles – it's the same thing. It's the old school football players, the guys that I grew up watching, the, the guys that I grew up idolizing, the guys that inspired me to play the game of football are now going, oh, this, you know, this era's football player, soft. You, you hear words like soft, weak, entitled, um, selfish. It's all about me. And that pisses me off, man. It really pisses me off because, wow, that's the easy thing to say. While it's easy to go up the status quo and say, oh, yeah, you know, like these these new guys just don't get how the old days were. No, I was, I was part of the two days, all right? I was part of the, of the old school. And I was part of the new school as well. And I was there when we didn't have two days anymore. And I was there when the older players would come in and talk to us and be like, you guys don't know how good you got it. You guys got it soft. Well, that's the easy thing to do. And when I knew I was going to work on the radio and I was going to interview football players, I took it upon myself not to take the easy way out. I was going to talk to football players. I wanted to get their mindset, not as me interviewing them for the radio show. I just want to talk to a man-to-man and see where they're coming from. And I, I talked to old vets. I talked to guys that are still on the Jaguars. I talked to guys around the league. And I texted them I'm like, hey, what, what do you think about the current state of the NFL right now? What's going on? And, you know, they they had no problem talking to, to, to Ted about me. So here's some of the problems that I have with the Brent. So the, the older generations, like I said, the guys that grew up watching the Jaguar, you know, they, they grew up watching the Jaguars now, and they're fed up with Jalen Ramsey, the ego, the entitlement, all this stuff. Well, let's go back in time real quick and let's see who I was watching as a kid, who was inspired me to play football. Back in the nineties, who was one of the biggest teams? in The nineties, who was America's team? The Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys yep. The Dallas Cowboys had a slew of guys that got arrested, a slew of guys that got caught in a prostitution sting, and a slew of guys that got caught doing drugs, all while being one of the best teams in the NFL. All while that best team in the NFL was shoved down my throat in Wisconsin every single week because they were, quote-unquote, America's team. Sure, Green Bay played at noon, but then after that, it was the Dallas Cowboys. Check the Dallas Cowboys out. Brent, I didn't know what cocaine was until I heard it mentioned in in a news article about a Dallas Cowboy player getting caught with cocaine and i turn to somebody i'm like what's cocaine you know i'm like i like i'm in grade school what's cocaine and then i gotta explain to me you know like that's who i was watching as a kid and let's talk about some more stuff then so i get what you're saying maybe austin you know what well yeah that, that's true but that's not the on the field behavior right that's off the field type of behavior there's a difference there what about the locker room distraction things like that oh cool check this out so i grew up a Green Bay packer fan all right and in the 90s It was a special time to be a Packers fan. You had Brett Favre playing in his prime. You had a team that went to the Super Bowl a couple times. And if you were a kid in that time, you were a Packers fan. Well, what was the story every single year about Brett Favre? He didn't want to go to training camp. He felt like he didn't need training camp, so he sat out the entire preseason and then showed up week one, and that is what it was. And you want to talk about selfish and entitlement, those words who are are around Jalen Ramsey right now, who could be a Hall of Famer one day, you never hear the word selfish when you talk about Brett Favre. You never hear the word entitled We talk about Brett Favre. You hear about the gunslinger. You hear about the winner. You hear about the team first kind of guy. Well, that team first kind of guy in Brett Favre, he sat out one year, and he threatened to sit out the entire season because he didn't feel that Javon Walker, one of his wide receivers, deserved a new contract. And Brett Favre went to management and said, if you guys are going to let Javon Walker sit out, then guess what? I'm going to sit out too. Is that a leader? And, and that, that's a quarterback. This isn't a corner we're talking about. This is the face of your franchise. This is Brett freaking Favre, for crying out loud. And Brett Favre did that. But nobody said, oh, Brett Favre's being selfish. It's like, Brett Favre's being the team guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Brett Favre's doing his best to the franchise. But then when Jalen Ramsey threatens that, you know, a traitor, any other player you want to talk about, whatever it is, when they do that, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's selfish. He Listen, we've... This has been going on for such a long time now, Brent, whether it was the 90s, even the 80s, whether it was the 2000s, pick your time period. The difference is now is that with social media and the way that we cover sports, people are more susceptible to it. People um, can embrace it a lot more now and people can get the different angles from different teams. Back in the day when I was in Wisconsin, I was in a bubble. All I knew was the Green Bay Packers. Didn't know what was going on in Jacksonville. I knew Jacksonville came to Stevens Point. I saw that training camp. That was cool. But I know anything about the Jacksonville Jaguars, nowadays you go on Twitter, you click and see what the first thing, Jalen Ramsey's requesting a trade. And that's kind of the difference now between the old school and the new school. The things haven't changed. The, I mean, if, if you feel more comfortable raising your kids back then when drugs were prevalent, when prostitution stings, when players are getting caught, when the Minnesota Vikings, when I was in high school, had a big yacht party and they got busted with that. Like, I don't want to have to explain my son that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? I've had conversation with some of those Viking players that were on that yacht. I'm not gonna tell what happened. I mean, it's it's documented what happened in that yacht thing, but it's worse than you can imagine. There's more than that documentation with that yacht party in Minnesota. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible kind of thing. But those things have always been going on. So you can't be an old school guy, sit on your high horse, and tell me, ah, the the kids these days they just don't know how good we, you know, how hard it was back then. Oh, really? Because we learned from watching you, and now we're here. So whose fault is it really?
2: It's a very good point. You bring up good examples, and I can't deny that there yeah. are examples of that. I do feel like, and and I think the preface the way I did is that the the athlete has changed in the sense of not falling in line as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe maybe you could give me some example. Maybe like some of those examples you gave kind of dispute that. Uh, dispute that, but. I do think because of the dollars more so than anything else. Like, See, that's my hang-up is there's a backbone of you have money in the bank. Look at all the guys doing it. Antonio Brown, yep. Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their bank account said, but it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. He's, after the year, he had made $27 million in the mm-hmm. NFL. Ezekiel Elliott. He, he still had two years left on his deal. But, he, I mean, yeah. is he doing, like, ads all over the place, and he's already made a good amount of money being a top-five pick? So my point is, if you take us back 20 years ago – even first-round picks, top-five picks, didn't have $27 million at the end of their first contract. Most of them didn't. I don't know what the dollars were relative to, but that was 20 years ago, and it wasn't that chunk of change. So I think that's really changed the 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 not only the motivation, but maybe the brashness it takes to do this stuff yeah. and say, I'm sitting out a year. Melvin Gordon, I'm sitting out for as long as I need to sit out to try to get my way, and I'm willing to do it. Antonio Brown to say, I'm not doing anything until you get me out of here. Jalen Ramsey, at least he's not doing that. He just has requested to Mm -hmm. go somewhere. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott to not come back until he got tired of Cabo and Jerry Jones gave him a call. (laughs) You know, so I just, it's not like it's unprecedented. Mm -hmm. I think we're getting to a point where it's going to be more prevalent. Yeah. You know, and I think that also is a disconnect with the other generation. You're not supposed to do it that way. Mm -hmm. That's not supposed to be done that way. And they, I, it's changing before our eyes in the sense there's so many big bucks, and people have seen what the NBA has done. The NBA is the training ground for this. They've seen what happened this off season yeah is there a GM in the NBA? No. I think it's star players or the GMs. Yeah. And they saw that. Mm-hmm. It's a little more difficult to do in the NFL. That's debatable. That's a different issue. But I think they're seeing that and saying, wait a minute, man, all these baseball contracts, all these NBA contracts, yeah. they're making tons of money. We're getting our brains beat in. All those old guys that said, man, I wish I had gotten more money. I'm I'm, I'm not feeling as well as I should feel at age 45, 50, 55 years old. It's a dangerous sport. You didn't take care of us as much. And now we're trying to take care of ourselves. And now you're hammering us for it. Yeah. So – and that's not me defending the players. I, I think there's no, I a fine don't. line in that. I, I can appreciate it. I understand it. I get why there, there's a short shelf life. And I, I go always go back to the Maurice Jones-Drew one. He'll join us today at 4.30. But I always go back and say, I understood what he was trying to do. He knew he had a short shelf life. He had to try to get as much money as possible. And he had a little bit of leverage left in him to try to do it. He tried it. It didn't yeah. work out for him, but he tried it. So I understand what the player does. I think sometimes the tact they go about. See, like the Jalen Ramsey problem I have is, why are we doing this in week two if you wanted to do it then have the backbone to do it and do it back in camp when they told you they weren't giving you a contract but to be fair you don't know where his
3: mindset we don't we don't don't even know because jalen
2: hasn't shared with us jalen assumes we all know Mm. and jalen doesn't i don't even know jalen completely knows the one thing that has tipped him off yeah you know because he even said yesterday well it's not the contract we gotta hang that thing up a I little know. better. I know, I'm, I'm on it. Uh, but <laughs> it's not the he said, it's not the contract. God will take care of that. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, it's not. Then what is it? You know, yeah. it's, oh, it's Doug Maron. Okay. So either way, it's the timing, it's the place. I think there's a line for it. Um, but I can't disagree with you that that yes, it has been going on for a long time. Yeah. I think it's a different animal now because of the branding and and whether it's selfishness or not, it's more player empowerment is what I call it. Yeah, And then we can debate whether that's good or bad for certain sports. It's worked out okay to this point in the NFL, NBA. I'm not sure it's a good thing for the NFL. I, I hear what you're
3: saying. I'm just – I'm kind of exhausted, Brent, and I'm sick and tired of just hearing this whole narrative of where the entitlement and the players are soft and they're spoiled because – you Why? Because they believe in themselves and they want more money to make for their family. Well, I think like, we're all jealous I mean, buddy, of that in a way, too. Like okay, in the real yeah. world,
2: right? In real world, yeah. we can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I might have a decent paycheck, but I can't do that. I can't tell the bosses today that I'm going to not show up today because I want more money. Yeah. I can't. I can't do that for my family. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I need the paycheck. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of people that live day to day that are like, are you kidding? You're making the millions. We all wish we were making millions. You have all this talent. We all wish you had this talent. And I couldn't do that in my job. Mm-hmm. That's where the disconnect. We cannot relate. I love when people but try to say it's to my. It's just like my job. No, it's not like your job. It's yeah. nothing like your job, really.
3: But this is where I'm frustrated, Brent. This is where I'm frustrated when I turn on ESPN and I see my peers or guys I grew up watching talking bad about the players because they do know. Yeah, they, the,
2: do. The, they do understand how it is, and but they fell in line back when they played. They fell in line back they when had a respect play. for Tom Coughlin. Well, and, uh, and, they have, and I'm not saying and it's Doug Marone and yeah. their coaching staff. Well, and
3: I'm not saying it's just that. I mean, I'm saying I'm talking about players on, on, on a scale, and I'm talking about in the in the mid '90s, in the early '90s. If Twitter would have been invented around then, and we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys of those years or other scandals that went on during those times. Players,
2: It would uh,
3: it'd be ugly, It's all I'm going to say. It would be, be ugly, be but ugly. I
2: think it's also too easy to say it's just social media. I don't think it's just social media. I do think it's dollars, because back in the day when Emmett Smith played and Troy Aikman mm-hmm. played, they made a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't make that much more money than, say, the head coach or the people in the front office. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Jones was still making more money than any of them. Now, yeah, that's so still the case, right? Yeah, that's still the case. There. That, that yeah. doesn't change, but what has changed, Austin, is the fact that Jalen Ramsey making a ton more money than mm-hmm. Doug Marone. yeah, a ton but, more money than Dave Caldwell and 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 uh, Tom Coughlin and all those guys. And it's not just a Jalen thing. I'm saying players that are doing this kind of stuff are making so much more money that they are more powerful because the NFL is making more money, though.
3: It's oh, a, I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad thing. They're making more money. Yeah, it's a I think it's a, it's a
2: seismic shift, though, mm-hmm. when you're you become the more powerful figure, yeah, because well, you're the more valued. Yeah. Figure from a dollar's perspective, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, it, they are making a lot more money than they used to make. So I think that's why we've seen the shift. But we've also seen the tension on branding. And we've also seen, I think, this is a big agent push. Yeah, The agents are behind a lot of this. The agents are directing them, not all the time, but I think directing players be like, you know, you could do this and it will work out for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. No, for sure, and this is just to me. It's just a
3: it's a culture thing, Brent. You know, it's and we we do it with music, we do it with everything, and sports is just a part of it too. And I understand that's how the landscape is. I just don't agree with it.
2: Yeah, it's I mean, not going to. I, I but it's not going to change. I think people have to recognize that today's NFL mm-hmm. is, although you bring up examples that have similarities, mm-hmm. is still. Different than well, 15 years ago. These are just
3: examples that I know from Green Bay. Being a Packers fan as a kid, I mean, I'm sure they're everywhere. Yeah, I just
2: yeah. I, I just talk about what I know, and yeah. I know what happened in Green Bay. Well, sometimes I do throw the word selfish out there, yeah. and I do, and I said that yesterday. I th- I'm conflicted on Jalen because I can I respect the the power that he's in. Mm-hmm. I respect the the power play that he can have because he has value, right? I talked about his branding and everything else. I also respect that he's a heck of a football player, which gives you power because you you do something that very few people can do, not only play football but play it at an elite level, and maybe nobody does it better than you at your position, mm-hmm. so that you're a position of power. but there is the selfishness about it in a team sport about doing the time the timing in which you did it and mm-hmm. how you did it and that is crystal clear and there's no denying that he is selfish in that regard
3: and, and it was a distraction whether he wanted it to be or not that was a distraction and that hurts your team correct absolutely but when we're talking about selfishness and the distractions and things like that Brent yeah if you're uh, one of his teammates you may get asked a question about it in the locker room right you you may have to answer for that and you shouldn't have to do that but at the end of the day when you're on the field if, if it's thursday night tomorrow and you're playing the tennessee titans when those players take the field, they're not going to worry about Jalen Ramsey's selfishness. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're not going to worry about Jalen Ramsey's entitlement or his distractions. All they care about is, hey, Jalen, you, you, you take either Corey Davis or A.J. Brown, whoever you got, lock him down, and let's go in a football game.
2: And, then, and, then, and that's football. I hate to tell you. There is one soft part of today's player. And I'm going to bring it up. Uh-oh. They are soft in this regard. I'm going to throw it right back at you. You're going to have a heart attack. They are soft in this regard. I'm going to have a heart regard. attack today, bro. It is unbelievable <laughs> how soft they are in this regard. I'm sweating. And I'm going to talk about it next on ESPN 690.
0: Uh, you know, he's, he's on our football team. So uh, status quo moving ahead. He was out walk-throughs in walkthroughs and meetings today taking notes. And, uh, you know, he, he's a competitor. So if if he's in our building and all that kind of stuff, we anticipate he's going to play and he's going to play well. You know, that's just who Jalen is. In my opinion, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see him on the grass. <laughs> I always like when defense coordinator Todd Walsh says, I'd like to see him on the grass,
2: on the grass. <laughs> um, anyway, that was Todd Walsh who, you know, there's there's reason to think that there's a big reason why there's a disconnect right now is because of Todd Walsh's scheme and how they're using him. I mean, that's that's one of the reasonings. Although nothing's defined, and I, I do want to talk about that a little bit later on. What is the actual reason? And there's a part of me that says, and I think I said this at the top of the show, if the Jags win tomorrow night and Jalen plays well and they can't trade him, and the Jags win the next week in Denver and they're 2-2, two and, two, and and Mitchumania and Magic is going crazy a little bit, and, and Jalen has a couple of picks now, mm-hmm. Why do I feel like Jalen Ramsey could easily change his tune? Because I think this was a bit of an emotional play at coming off the weekend. I believe that if they had won that game on a two-point conversion, Jalen Ramsey and Doug Marone would have hugged at the end of that game. Because that's what winning and losing does in the NFL. That's my point here. Mm-hmm. Now, Jalen might stick to his guns on this and just say, hey, I'm out. I want out. Get me out. And let's find a way to do it. Even though if it might take some time, I'm going to play until, you know, and he said that. And, and I believe that by him, that he will play hard while he's here. But I just feel like we could be dancing a little bit. Now, the danger in that is every time you go on a two-game losing streak or something goes wrong, oh, I want to trade again. And that's what we don't know about this whole situation. Like, how how much has this come up in the past? Mm-hmm. We don't know well, that. We don't know if Jalen Ramsey's asked for a trade in the, in the past. This is the first time it's gotten out. Yeah. And you have to ask
3: the question as well, where, say, he does stay for whatever reason. Maybe he did overblow things a little bit on the sideline, and he wants to stay. I'm not saying I agree with that perspective, but let's just say that is the perspective. Well, who's to say that he's going to want to be here next year if the same Front office is intact because I think obviously we think the front office yeah. is definitely a problem. At least the fact that Jay and Ramsey
2: Doug Marone haven't been communicating at all—a problem for Ramsey. A pro- yeah. problem for Ramsey. Correct. Well, some people yeah. think it's a problem in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. want to clarify what you no, were no, saying. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Stuart Weber's down there at Jags headquarters. Uh, the availability keeps getting later and later. We got a radio show to do, people, so <laughs> I can't be down there, and I hate that. Um, but this is what happened today with Doug Marone. Uh, and we'll hear from Doug Marone on the show a little bit later. Stewart's bringing that back, and we'll have it for you. But Cam Robinson will start at left tackle, A.J. Guard, uh, A.J. Can at right guard. Mm-hmm. So that means Will Richardson is out for this game. Uh, must not have played well enough. Or Cam Robinson can't lose his job to injury, one of the two, and they now feel like a couple of practice days he's ready. Yeah. I, I'm assuming Will Richardson just didn't play well enough He cost well, him big on the obviously no, merciless play No, of course Will Richardson
3: didn't play well enough But once again, he's playing a position that he's not no, that's used fine. to playing that's fine. But then my question is Wouldn't you consider him going back to the guard spot for Can? Or is it almost too late now With the footwork and everything He's accustomed to playing left tackle and, I don't think so. I, think so this I, just is, don't,
2: I think maybe maybe Can played okay Last week, yeah. Did I you guess, think? Did you notice anything? You know what? I, I wasn't.
3: He, he wasn't the issue, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, I wasn't seeing him pop up on the screen. So yeah, yeah I he, didn't see anything he, he, you He's absolutely right there. He might have earned right. his
2: spot for this week, and that could that's be a, ever changing. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, from that standpoint, Jalen Ramsey will play uh, in the football game. Will start, and mm-hmm. Doug Marone says that they had a conversation and they sat down and talked. So that communication good. that we talked about yesterday on the show yeah. has taken place, and Doug Marone says he's put the they put the incident behind them. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. Here, here's two things to digest, okay? One is, has Jalen Ramsey really put the in- incident behind him? Yesterday he said he's in, in a good frame of mind. Uh, he, he's in a good place. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he's rescinded his don't trade me request. Mm-hmm. At least that hasn't got out there yet. Doug Marone, it's amazing how much he'll he's dying on the vine for the players. Now, he has to do this for his football team. There's a part of that. This isn't about him and Jalen. And I appreciate that about Doug. He's not making it about him and Jalen. I think he made a big error. I've said this multiple times this week. He made a big error in this whole thing, and that was two two, two errors in the, in a matter of five minutes on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. One was going over to that bench and and confronting Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have done it. He didn't need to do it. Gasoline on the fire.
3: The boss can't do that.
2: Well, the boss can do that, but the boss can't do that in this (laughs) day and age when millions of people are watching and there's 24 cameras out there and everybody is going to see what you're doing. Mm. You have to be aware of that. He should do that after the game in the or at halftime or wherever else. And the second place he messed up is he didn't discipline Jalen Ramsey right then and say you're out for a series or two or or the game. I don't know what the discipline would have been. Mm. He should have done it right then. And if it cost him the game, it cost him the game. They lost anyway. So he lost everything in this because you couldn't discipline him on Monday or they decided not to. uh, And here we are. Mm -hmm. But they had a conversation and Doug Marone says, you know, we put it behind us. So once again, and this is not the first time, he is out in the public protecting the player, not hammering the player. Yet why do I get the sense there is absolutely zero appreciation for that from the players or at least from Ramsey?
3: What what do you want Ramsey to say? Like, yeah, hey, uh, you want him to come on and say I really appreciate Doug Marone
2: for having my back. He doesn't I mean, need like, to talk about his what actions. Do you, say you don't the appreciation. His actions have indicated. Or let's just say this: in total, their team that they just went through an easier camp. Yeah. All these things. Every time something comes up, Doug does not throw a player under the bus. Correct. And, yet, his football team is out there throwing punches in week one. And throw in tantrums in week two on the sideline.
3: But let me ask you this, Brent. We get on... And not winning football games to boot. What, what, what do we get on Doug Marone about, though, more than anything? It's the fact that he doesn't really share what's truly happening, right? Like, he he always comes down yeah. and said, you know, it's my fault, my fault. But then we know behind the scenes, he'll close the doors and probably chew out his team. As he should. That's being he a head probably coach. probably does. Well, We're I mean, assuming he does. Let's just say, if I was a coach, absolutely. Yeah. Like, if I was a coach, Brent, and I have to come to the podium after my team wasn't performing well... Yeah, you know, it falls on me first, yada, yada, yada. Okay, all the cameras off, are the doors closed. Yeah, I'm chewing somebody out, yeah, okay? Yeah. So from that standpoint... Yeah, we, we see Doug Marone for what he is at the press conferences. We, we see Doug Marone for the microphones, but we don't know what's going on in the locker room when those doors are closed, when they're in those team meetings.
2: Maybe that's not the same Doug
3: Marone that we're seeing oh, as I he's presenting it. himself. I
2: doubt and it. And maybe that lies the problem. Yeah, that's a good, good call. I, mm-hmm. I think it's probably more forceful, but I don't think it's too much more forceful. I think he's put ownership into this team. I think his actions have shown that. I don't think you can hide it that much. Mm-hmm. And he has, you, know, you want he, Jalen thinks he got disrespected by not throwing a challenge flag. The yes. disrespect would be from a player standpoint, getting called out in the media. Correct. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and he's not doing that. Is my point. Yeah. All right. I, I promise. Why was? Why are the players childish? Yeah, why are they I, soft? I've been sitting here for the past ten minutes. Well, just wait. I'll talk more about it, but I'll give it to you right now. Okay. Why in the world do you have time out of all this stuff, and you're worried about getting your pictures off Instagram and unfollowing teams? <laughs> are you twelve years old and dating? Eight, an 8th grade girl? I mean, what, what is, is going on fair. here? This is We're going to break and I can't respond. New not the next on ESPN 690.
0: I mean, nobody plays the same defense every time, obviously. But, you know, we go in each week uh, as a staff, you know, figuring out what gives us the best chance to win as a team. Obviously, that's the most important thing. Um, you know, with not only Jalen, but some of our other players, we kind of give them a heads up. Uh, usually on Monday nights, hey, this is what we're planning on doing, this is where our major calls are. You know, there's communication back and forth all the way. Bottom line for us is we're going to do what we need to do as a staff, is what we think as a staff that it takes to win the football game.
2: That's Todd Walsh, Jaguars' defensive coordinator, and part of that is play Jalen Ramsey. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey will play Thursday night here in Jacksonville against the Tennessee Titans. And uh, just to go back to what I said a minute ago before the break, I am, uh, I've am. i decided now I don't like my boss. I'm, I'm mad at my boss, and I'm deleting everything from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter that I've ever put on there about my boss from a picture standpoint. What in the world are we doing? You star athletes. You know, mm-hmm. this is where your, your argument about the selfish and the soft and the this and that, this doesn't hold up with these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of the social media world, but what in the world? Did Jamal Adams do it too? Is that what I read? Yeah, Jamal Adams did it. I guess there's some kind of discrepancy in
3: New York with him right now.
2: What? What is the play there, man? I mean, are we? I mean, is soft? Does is soft in terms of mentally tough? Oh, you. Yeah, uh, I mean, so it's, does you know. it come into play? I mean, listen. I don't want to say that, and I I know that's a dangerous word with football yeah. players. But oh yeah, Steve yeah. Lehman's on the phone. I'm He's joining us from right Nashville now, right now, and I think he got mad at me, and he deleted all his pictures from so, Instagram of me. So yeah, the whole Instagram Th- thing. Deleted. That's right. I, I, I muted and blocked you. <laughs> <right>. so, <laughs> it's over. But, well, I mean, come on. You're the former player. Yeah. This this is odd behavior. This Listen, is weird. What Brent, is this?
3: It's odd behavior to delete pictures of your former team, yes. And it's odd behavior to go on Twitter and it's put it. It's not
2: in, your former team yet.
3: Okay. You're well, on the team. It's odd behavior to delete pictures of your team. It's odd behavior to go on Twitter and write cryptic messages where no one knows what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> so that's odd behavior. But you know what? Do you know what it does? People talk about it. It serves the controversy. And if you look at the landscape right now, whether it's football players or you know tweens or whatever you want to call them, they love getting the narrative on them. They love to hear people talk about them. Yeah. And that's what we're doing right now, Brent. You're, we're making it work by talking about it.
2: Well, I know people always say that, and there are people <laughs> like Antonio Brown. I'd rather not talk about Steve yeah. Lehman. You know, I mean, I'd yeah. just rather not talk about the guy, and I get that. And I'm kind of guilty of that. I, I'm like, well, let's not talk about him. Well, you got to talk about him. That's what no, people want to hear that's about, what we get paid for. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a it's a confusing thing, but I, it, I'm so conflicted on today's athlete. I respect the heck out of them. I can appreciate their empowerment and branding and dollars being earned and the stuff they do, and they're bigger, better, faster, stronger than ever, but they do some weird stuff, Steve. <laughs> oh, no question about it and
5: And here's my thing with Jalen, and this goes to a lot of different athletes when they choose to speak out or use their social media voice or whatever is I don't honestly know what he wants out of this. you know, like is he really mad at Doug Marone, and that's it, and so he just wants everybody to know that he's mad at Doug Marone. Does he hate Jacksonville and just unequivocally wants to leave the city and you know that team and just go someplace else? I know he said otherwise yesterday, but it's very bizarre when you're requesting a trade three games into a season and forevermore that's going to follow him at least when it comes to the narrative about him and the Jaguars so but yet he's getting his name out there and people are talking about him and Jalen Ramsey this and Jalen Ramsey that and he's a great great player and I've met him not as much as you guys have but obviously people know he's a Nashville native and we've dealt with him around here too and I oscillate back and forth between thinking Jalen Ramsey is one of the smartest, most engaging athletes I've ever met and is calculated in everything he ever does versus – he
2: shoots from the hip more than any person I've ever met in my life. And I'm not sure if he knows what the end game is. Yet. Steve Lehman with us from Nashville. And, Steve, I I love that you just said that because I might have just said that to Austin in the break, and I've said it yeah. countless times. He is uh, complicated to me, and maybe I'm overthinking it. But I agree with you. I have said countless times in his defense. I, first of all, I, I am – I think people know I'm a fan of Jalen Ramsey. Like, I I, we don't see football players around here very often like Jalen Ramsey. And I appreciate that. And I don't mind even some of the stuff that goes on with it. That's fine. That's star athletes. these days. That's okay. That's kind of fun to cover it. We get to talk about it. But I don't know how much is calculated. I think he's a very intelligent young man. I think a lot of it is calculated. But then there are times where I go with Jalen and say, I don't know if he knows what he wants to be. I don't know if he – he thinks sometimes he wants to be Deion Sanders. Sometimes he wants to be a great teammate. Sometimes he wants to be a leader but doesn't want to be a leader. Uh, Sometimes he wants to be a Jags player. Sometimes he doesn't want to be a Jags player. Like, he is very confusing in terms of what he wants, and I'm quite frankly not sure he knows what he wants to be. And therefore, I say if they win and beat the Titans tomorrow night and they win and beat Denver and Jalen still on the team – I wouldn't be shocked if he turned around and said, I don't want to go anywhere. Right, right. No, I mean, that's exactly it. And I think to your bigger
5: point as you sort of started the segment about today's athletes, I think they're all in a way kind of like that because their entire life in the AAU basketball circuit or growing up, people have told them how great they are. And if you're that talented, you know, if you just have the gifts from God to be a Jalen Ramsey type of athlete, you have to work, yes, because it's your craft, but you don't really have to work for the other things. And so when you say, I want to be a leader, your entire life you've been given the leadership role. You know, at Ensworth High School, he was, or, you know, Brimwood Academy, he was given the leadership role. He was just made to be the star player there, and everybody looked up to him. At Florida State, he was just sort of given that. And I think now you get to the NFL, and while he's still a superstar player, there's a level in the NFL where everybody's a star player when you get there and you have to work. You have to be in the meetings. You have to be in the off season program. You have to do that stuff to truly gain that type of clout within a locker room or community or whatever. And, I think too often these guys get to that point and they've, they've been given everything forever because they're just that good and they expect to be given it again. And that doesn't happen like that all the time in the NFL. And You know, Jalen is certainly a unique case. He's a pro bowler. He's one of the best, maybe the best cornerback in the National Football League. But he brings some trouble onto himself I really don't
2: think he needs to bring. Steve Lehman with us from News Channel 5 in Nashville. Just to follow up your point, I think you said it at the beginning, but I want to make sure you clearly – you. I, I reiterate it. And because I wholeheartedly feel this way. These guys are talented. They do mm-hmm. have gifts that are, are that are special, man. But they also work their ass off. And Jalen does work his ass off. I mean, that's, yep. that's fact. So I don't want to take that away oh. from him. It's not about working. I know you didn't. I just want to make it clear. But you are at the yep. same time. We talk about entitlement. And we were talking about this earlier in the show. There is a little different uh, – that, Austin, yeah. in the athlete today. I mean, well, that that is a little bit different. Maybe it's the millennial age. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I don't read all that stuff, but it well, does feel like they're, that people do prop them up a little bit more than maybe 25 years ago.
3: And not all guys, uh, you know, get back to Steve's point, yeah, Jalen Ramsey has kind of been the frontrunner's entire life. Uh, you know, the, the, there's another guy that's taken all the headlines named Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was a walk on at Central Michigan. And I have a hard time believing, like, people told him, Oh, dude, you're, you're the man. You're going to be fine. I mean, Antonio's a Brown who had to bust his, you know what, yeah, even yeah. when he got to Pittsburgh, yeah. because he was just a punt returner. You know, I mean, he, he wasn't a star receiver that we know him by today. Now, yes, Antonio Brown has some issues and stuff. But that's not my point. I'm saying sometimes guys aren't cultivated in that environment where they're told they're the man. Sometimes they just become the man.
2: Yeah, and I don't, I don't think Antonio Brown. And Jalen Ramsey's situations are alike. No, not at all. Too. But I'm just I mean, on the, a broad spectrum. I'm just they are about
3: the, the modern NFL athlete, I, I agree. Right? Yeah.
2: Uh, all right, Steve. I want to bring you in on this, and we're going to talk Titans in a moment. I hope you have a couple more minutes, but I'm keeping you a little longer. Uh, <laughs> oh, sure. uh, the this news conference yesterday with Jalen. And I wanted to get to this part because a lot of people talked about the swearing. And I even put out there during our show and I said, hey, were you offended by it? Because I had some people text me, write me, direct message me, whatever, and say they were offended by it. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, I got a potty mouth, too. I was surprised that he did that. But I wasn't offended by it necessarily. I was surprised that he did it. So I had a lot of back and forth on that. Well, I'm watching it again. And there was a guy on Twitter today, someone on Twitter today that said, hey, I, w- I think that was um, that was planned. He he wanted that to do that. So it would be sound bites and people would play it. And I have a little bit of a different thought, but it's, it's along those lines. I was watching it last night back before I was doing some shows and just to see if we missed anything or, or trying to interpret it again. And then while I'm doing that, I see ESPN, all their late night shows playing all these sound bites. And I said, you know what? That son of a gun. That's why he did it. He's like, he knew that everybody in the world would take those because we all love that, right, Steve? We love that in our business when a guy swears or something and we have to use the beep machine. And so it feels more emphatic. It feels different. And they knew that. He knew that. He knew that ESPN would run with that. NFL Network would run with that. I think that was part of the branding. That's my take. Am I giving him too much credit? But I actually think that's why he kind of came out there and delivered some of these F-bombs and everything else and said, Oh, yeah? People are going to hear what I'm saying. Even if it doesn't make sense sometimes, they're going to hear what I'm saying. And that plan worked if that's what he was after. Here's
5: where I go back to my earlier comment, though, Brent, because before you said that, and, and I don't disagree with anything you just said. That makes a lot of sense. But before you said that, I was kind of thinking in my head, I feel like he purposely planned I need to talk. I need to come out and talk about this story that everybody's talking about and save face, so to speak. But then he got out there with no plan and just shot from the hip again, yeah. and that's what you got. And it's I'm not the first saying two I'm right minutes. versus you're yeah. right, but yeah. it's but that's the whole thing of Jalen Ramsey is again, it's either he's a genius or he shoots from the hip too much or it's a little bit of both. And my guess is it's a little bit of both, but it's hard because he did make every every you know he, he was. At the top of our sports cast yesterday, and as the Titans are about to play the Jaguars, we're talking about Jalen Ramsey and what his words mean, and some people think there's a chance he might end up here at some point, and it's a massive story everywhere right
2: now. Yeah, absolutely, and sorry to cut you off there, but it's like he almost felt, he thought about the first two or three minutes, but maybe not the rest of the, the 12, 13, 14 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, and how that would go. And it's hard to plan 15, 16, 17-minute news conference out. Um, So I get your point on that. All right, let's talk about it. Uh, we got a big game here tomorrow night, and it's a huge game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know Tennessee feels like it's a big game. It's an ANC South game. Uh, But he is playing. And what is the temperament of the Titans knowing all this is going on in Jacksonville? And by the way, knowing that, For lack of a better term, they own the Jacksonville Jaguars the last couple years. There's no other way to put it. They have crushed the Jaguars, and I believe they're in the head of the Jaguars to a degree. I think there's a thought within the Titans locker room, although they won't say it, that
5: they believe that as well, Brent, because of the way the games have played out the last couple years. I'll just tell you this. This is the Titans team that's coming to Jacksonville tomorrow. They're pissed off because they lost Sunday. They're relieved because they're playing anyone not named the Indianapolis Colts because the Colts own them in a level far greater than they (laughs) own the Jaguars or anyone else in the league owns anyone else. So they're thrilled to not be playing the horseshoe on Thursday night. And then above all else, this is a massive game for them because when they won in Cleveland, they were the only team to win in week one. They beat the mighty Browns that everybody was talking about. And then they looked at these two games in the span of four days within the division, and people were saying, "You beat the Colts at home. You have a chance to go to Jacksonville and start three and zero to the division. The AFC South would have one win. That's not complete control, but that is certainly the driver to a division title in two thousand eight. They are on the flip side, of the Colts here and going and losing two games." one and two and significantly behind the eight ball early on in the season so this is a German Titans team talk about all what's going on with Ramsey and all that it reminds me a little bit of when they went to Cleveland For different reasons, but there were a lot of distractions and people were talking about the Browns and you were wondering what you were going to see from them in week one. And meanwhile, the Titans just kind of went about their business and everybody was discounting them and discrediting them and saying, ah, you don't have to worry about them. They're the same old Titans. They're nothing to worry about. And they go in and they just play solid football. And that's
2: the team I expect the Titans to be tomorrow night in Jacksonville. They're a weird team because I'm much like everybody else, man. I never think Tennessee is that good. Go ahead. Steve, (laughs) let's talk about
3: this Titans team that's coming to town a little bit, uh, you know, for – Tomorrow night's matchup here, and when I watched the Titans against the Colts, because you know I had the Octobox going on, I had every game playing on my TV. Pretty sweet. Octobox, very Octabox, nice. Man. Good. Yeah,
5: yeah. But, Did you really <laughs> garner anything from that, Austin? Because that's a lot going on. Like, how how do you decipher what you're watching at one time? Well, well, I'm
3: not gonna lie. So it's more fantasy football related. But the guy <laughs> I was playing had Derrick Henry, so I was kind of keeping a close eye on the Titans Colts game. <laughs> but and, okay. and, and here's the thing. Here's the story. You know, with the Titans Jaguars matchup, if I took away from the. Titans-Colts matchup, where when the Titans come to town or the Jaguars go there... It's the same story every single year. And when the Jaguars lose, because they've done a lot of that to the Titans lately, it, 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 you almost lose twice, because number one, you lose the football game, but number two, it's a physical, a hard-fought game that's won and lost in the trenches. So it's you know, it's, it's almost like a boxing fight where you get knocked out twice, because man, you know like, w- w- we just got to be with physicality. It wasn't like they're more talented, it's just almost like they wanted it more. Well, I saw a Tennessee Titans team take on the Colts, and I saw a little more pass than I anticipated. I, I I saw a little more, uh, you know, of Derrick Henry maybe not getting as many touches as we were accustomed to seeing. Out of the him backfield, get, a little bit. on the backfield, yeah. So, my question to you is when Tennessee comes to Jacksonville tomorrow, are we going to see kind of this newer school Tennessee Titans offense where, yeah, they, they may pound the rock a little bit, but we could see the pass game as well? Or are we seeing the old school Jaguars Titans matchup where it's win or loss <laughs> in the trenches? Yes. Well,
5: Austin, I think you bring up good. say that. Titans offense right now is a bunch of work in progress. For the fifth straight season, they have a new player, Emerson Smith. And in week one in Cleveland, they look genius. Last week when they put up points against the Colts, it looked like a morons. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out what he's going week in and week out with this team. I will say this, Indianapolis put nine and at points to slow down Derrick Henry. A big reason why he only carries the course of the game. Yards, but only at 15 carries. But when that happens, your quarterback has to make plays. He has to make plays on the the football. Mariota didn't. So, your question? Try to They are going to exactly what you because I think they, is these two teams are mirrors of each other. They both want to run the football, and they
2: the defense in. Hey Steve, take a step to your take. Sorry to interrupt. Take a step to your left. We keep losing you. Either that, or you're swearing a lot, and we're beeping you out. <laughs> oh, sorry about
5: that. <laughs> each other. And they both that physical take it. The Titans are going to grind to that game, just like they have the last couple of years. Is whether they.
2: All right, yeah, I think we lost uh, Steve there. Uh, he used to talk obviously. He said mirror yeah. images of the team, and it's probably yeah. right on that front. Yeah, um, I tried to keep him going as long as I no, could. No, not to for keep, sure. Just hanging on to that. I yeah. think he was about bro, to get. Anytime it.
3: Anytime you talk about the trenches, Brent, you know I get excited, man. I'm I talking know. About, you know, stopping the run and
2: r- running know, the football. You know, here. what's funny excited. is I envision Steve right now. Steve uh, from News Channel Five in in uh, Nashville. He's probably like in his sports office, and in our sports office, it's a dungeon. Really, there's like no cell reception. Yeah. So I'm picturing that's probably, like, if I was calling in to his show, yeah. like, that could certainly happen. Mm-hmm. Either that or he was on a battery-operated phone and, like, the <laughs> oh, Duracell was going out. Well, I thought <laughs> my
3: headphones were going out, I'm like, is anybody else here in this room? it seem like oh, that? Yeah, like, yeah, my yeah, headphones yeah. are going out? Yeah, I kept checking
2: them. <laughs> but no, but, but I think it the picture yeah. of what he said. I could yeah. piece it all together, and uh, we appreciate uh, Steve Lehman coming on. We'll talk more about it on the mm-hmm. other side, and Maurice Jones-Drew joins us in just a few minutes as well. we got to take a quick break. We're late to the break. Uh, Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690 rolls on. Thanks for hanging with us.
1: You know, I think, man, we're hungry every week. You know, if last week there was something we thought we could do better to win, you know, we would have done it. So, you know, we're, we're, we're attacking it just like we have been. Um, but there, that sense of urgency is definitely there.
2: Well, Minshew has that QB speak down, that's for sure. Yeah, yep.
1: <laughs> I mean, hit all
2: the hot topics there. <laughs> hit all the cliches. Yep. Hit them all. That's, that's a bingo right there. Yeah, that's the way to handle it, man. Uh, that's the one thing I do think gets lost this weekend. I don't know if it's beneficial or not, but in with all the Ramsey stuff going on, and you mm-hmm. talk about distractions, does it help a guy like Minshew that's kind of isolated in his own little world and nobody's really bugging him and bothering him because everybody's – You know, talking about Ramsey, he's taking all the attention weight or does it hurt because he's got to lead a football team in his second NFL start and now on a short week against a divisional opponent, he's got to try to get ready and all this stuff's going on around him because maybe the coaches and and people in the building and everybody else are distracted. I don't know. Well, the most
3: important part you said is not necessarily that fact, it's the short week like you brought up. The the, the fact that this is a short week helps the entire team. Because instead of getting asked about, what do you think about Jalen Ramsey leaving now? What do you think about Jalen Ramsey leaving now? Well, it's Wednesday, and we, we play the Titans tomorrow. So we don't have time to dwell on that a little bit as players, um, as a team. So I think from that perspective, on the offense and the defense, it helps having that short turnaround.
2: What a dynamic we have with Jalen Ramsey and all this going on. And then we have Minshew Mania, Minshew Magic, and Jock Strap. Oh yeah, something <laughs> like the jockstrap what? workout. What is? I was gonna have
3: my, this on my balling and falling
2: segment, but yeah. balling and
3: falling would be appropriate <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. For yeah,
1: yeah. Uh... so many,
3: never mind.
2: <laughs> I mean, the story Our here, here is. I was John Bachmann. The story the same here. Thing, though, John. <laughs> <laughs> I was right there with you. Is that he did this in Washington, where he used to stretch in the locker room in just uh. a jockstrap? Which, by the way, could maybe be uncomfortable. Yeah. But and t- <laughs> he's brought it – apparently Leonard Fournette says he's brought it to Jacksonville, which and means you talk about being comfortable in your own skin, yeah. being a rookie in yeah. an NFL locker room, and stretching in yeah. a jockstrap? And to be fair,
3: <laughs> like what, 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 I, what I heard – okay, so if you were to tell me that a player back in college would stretch out just in his jockstrap and whatever in the training room – Oh, he's definitely an offensive lineman. Like, that is, that's, a, that's an offensive lineman thing, you know? Uh, no offense to offensive lineman, but y'all some grimy guys. You know? I mean, every offensive lineman I've played with, whether it's high school, college, or, you know, in the pros... There's some grimy dudes there. Yeah. I wouldn't think the leader of my team, the quarterback, the general of my team, would be doing that. But um, I guess this, this is guess why I
1: say he's like Brett Favre, man. This is classic. This is so – how can you not love this? Yeah. I mean, if it were for the Ramsey thing, this would be just outstanding. This would be the talk – it is the talk of the town, as you mentioned, kind of as a sidebar. But, yeah. I mean, th- this is fantastic stuff. And if I could continue on the Sunshine Rainbow Club for a minute, I was looking at the schedule. You guys probably already talked about this, but – I, I took a minute during the afternoon meeting today, don't tell the bosses. <laughs> <laughs> but I looked at the schedule.
2: A lot going on. And I
1: said <laughs> and I said, look at the schedule. The after all we've been through, if we could sneak away a win tomorrow and project a loss against the Drew Brees less New Orleans Saints, which is a you know, maybe a fifty fifty proposition. We could, even with a loss there, we could very realistically, looking at who we play, be five and three at the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. Five and three well, at the halfway I, mark. I That's looked, with a loss
2: against New Orleans. I looked closely at the first six games, and I thought three and three in the start of the season is something that would be fine. Uh, now I think you're right in terms of the um, perspective of. Well, the Titans—you get them on Thursday night. If you can win this game next week, Denver doesn't look very good, and Carolina's got problems with Cam Newton, and Drew Brees yeah. isn't going to play against for the Saints. Then you get the Jets, so that's and then yeah, the Jets in Cincinnati. Yes, the Jets that? and Cincinnati, and so I mean if you. Oh, I, yeah, well, you're, listen. You're, here's the deal, John. You're absolutely right. Listen, man. I am I am the owner and president and founder of I the know Sunshine of Rainbows. I Corps. know you are. But I gotta get one W before no, I buy sure. three. Yeah. I totally agree with that,
1: <laughs> and, and I totally agree with that. But I'm just saying, like after all we've discussed yeah, this yeah. week, and as down on it as I was, as I'm sure everybody has been at some time, you sit back and you look and you go, that is not outlandish to think. Well, no. The Especially- team, the team on paper anyway. Mm-hmm is very, is good enough to do that. Imagine very that easily. Easily. Well,
3: and then the, the stars are aligning, right? I mean, you talk about Drew Brees being out. No, no. That's right. Cam Newton, we don't know where he's at right now. He he we're, may we're, be out. We don't know what's going to Jets have a quarterback. Well, that's the thing. Sam Darnold's got mono. Like, we all had that girl in grade school that had mono. She was out for, like, a year. Like, <laughs> you used to see her for a year. And now uh, I'm saying Sam Darnold's immune system is probably a little stronger than that girl that we all had in grade school. Am, am I wrong though? No, you're am right. right. You're right. You're right. Nice. You remember right. that one Those girl? people did disappear yeah,
1: for a while. It's Come back
2: and like. Who, I, who's this I thought they moved away. I was thinking it was college, but maybe <laughs> yeah. it's high school. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, it, it was grad school for okay. me, man. All right. Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, by the way, John Bachman with us from CBS 47, Fox 30, Maurice Jones-Drew coming up in just a moment or two. Um, but it is a, it's a, it's a decent way to look at it, which really looked like a daunting early part of the schedule. I do have to remind you guys though, Jacksonville's without their starting quarterback too, and. It it would feel a little bit different with Nick Foles. And again, I love the Minshew stuff. But I'm still a reality check guy on the Minshew stuff. He's a backup quarterback, a rookie quarterback, a six round draft pick for a reason. And although it's been fun and he's actually played very well, yeah, but at how times, many rookies stretch their jock strap? Is that what you <laughs> just said? How many, how many get, uh, what did he get an endorsement well, for? So, so he offered him a million dollars. Well, let's
3: go ahead and yeah, tell the story. So Cam Soda, which I just typed in on the browser and oh. guess what? It got blocked. So <laughs> I can't get into it. But basically, <laughs> so it's is that an ape? adult website. Yes. And they offered him, uh, a million, a million-ish to yeah. do a workout video-ish, being the operative yeah. word, with uh, in his jockstrap, basically, and it's for a million dollars. You, dude, would you say yes? Would you do that, Austin Lane? I would do it for a steak dinner. A million dollars? <laughs> you kidding me, dude? I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. A million dollars? Yeah. What do I say? Oh, let's go. We can do it right now in the, in the studio, dude. Oh, oh, oh please, let me buzz. Let's stop this train
1: right now.
2: <laughs> but by the way. uh, you might need to have that steak dinner because you just got fired for putting uh, that in the website browser.
3: I was testing the blockers, and they worked just fine. There you I got it on the website. <laughs> nice job, uh, Cox Media Group. All right, we
2: got uh, Maurice Jones-Drew coming in. What you got coming up tonight on CBS 47 well, and Fox 30? One of the bizarre
1: stories we're working on out of St. John's County. So check this out. There was a car that was stolen. And deputies are chasing it. They pull out the stop sticks and all that stuff. They stop the car. Four, four people run. Two of them get caught. Well, then the other two decided that stealing one car apparently wasn't enough. They go, and they, they manage to rummage through 24 other cars, stealing wow. guns, including some big rifles. They even, I think, stole another one of the cars. But here's the kicker of all this, and maybe this is the message for everybody lock your cars man. Yeah, right? yeah. every single one of the cars they got into was unlocked.
2: One of them had the keys sitting right there in the console. JSO man. tweets every night about locking your cars well, because most of the things get stolen with unlocked cars. By right. the way, I've, I've been guilty of that for a long time in my life. Oh, I'm the same so I, and yeah. I, yeah. Guys,
3: Why don't you lock your doors? Do. Because I'm from my oldest Scandinavia, Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> Enough, I guess. <laughs> okay. You don't know how we lived up there. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm from Des Moines, Iowa, and that's I lock my look. doors. <laughs> but anyway, so lock your doors, and, and especially if you have guns, don't don't oh, for you know, sure, don't yeah. leave your guns unattended in a car. That's what, that's yeah. what and, and JSO to Brent point they talk about that all the time a lot of the crimes are committed with these guns taken right out of these cars that are unlocked
2: come yeah. on
0: yeah. Uh, all right Lock john your bars. Bars. Right. CBS
2: 47, Fox 30 tonight, 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock, and then we have Jaguars All Access coming up on Fox 30 at 7 o'clock. Time for some pizza, right? That's right. A little pizza at Mellow Mushroom in right. Avondale, and uh, I'm buying Maurice Jones-Drew's pizza tonight. I'm just going to do that nice guy, uh, as he will be on Jaguars All Access tonight. Maurice Jones-Drew in town. Maurice Jones-Drew on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 right now. What's up, man? Hope your flight was good.
4: Uh, flight was awesome. Uh, but I, I'm so trying to figure out, how do you not lock your car, guys? Like, wh- what are we doing?
2: Well, listen, man, we didn't grow up in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are a little more seasoned. I guess I'm a little more
4: seasoned. Than
2: <laughs> uh, sorry, fine folks of Oakland. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. It just was a, it was a softball for me. Uh, hey, Maurice Jones, Drew, how many times did you ask for a trade while you were a player?
4: <laughs> uh, I, I asked one time. I think uh, it was when I was holding out uh, that we couldn't come to an agreement. And uh there were some things said and I kinda was like, Hey, if this is the way you feel about me, you know, maybe we can work somewhere where I can go somewhere else. And so obviously that didn't happen. But um you know, it, it's funny, uh when I heard what Jalen Ramsey said, like this is where this is where um I kinda I'm gonna talk about it obviously tonight on uh, all access. Uh but it you can't you cannot trade Jalen Ramsey. I don't care what goes on. You, you will never find a player like that. And then what what people have to understand is, is that coaches coach, players play. And as a coach, you, your job is not only just to diagram plays and and all these things, it's also to manage personalities and expectations. And, and I think that is something that is lost in the art of coaching. Some of the greatest coaches, and, and Bill Belichick is a really good one, right? And people talk about, how you know the you know there they do things different. No, he goes out and get talent, and and he t- finds a way to manage all those expectations. When he had Randy Moss, and when he had Wes Welker, and he had all these different guys that had personalities, he found a way to manage the personalities. And I think that's important in this whole situation. Is that you? Th- there is no bridge burn. Arguments happen all the time. I mean, Austin, how many times are we getting arguments on the sidelines during games? Like th- those things happen all the time. But of course. You have to find a way behind closed doors to bend this thing because there's no way. There's no way that, that you, you know you could trade arguably the best corner in the game and expect to win. And we're seeing that with Pittsburgh right now when they let go of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, thinking that uh, uh, addition by subtraction, that, that, that doesn't work. There's no way. And we're seeing that in Miami as well. Like You can't trade away pieces and let guys go and then expect to win because at the end of the day, on the football field, the most talented team has a better chance to win every week. The healthiest team has a better chance to win every week. And so you got to find a way to keep him and and make this thing go.
3: That's, that's well said, Mo. And, and listen, and I've been a big proponent of this, you know, and we, we both play on different teams and everything like that. And I can't stand the narrative where Jalen Ramsey's this giant distraction, right? Like if I ask somebody, well, has Jalen Ramsey been arrested? No. Has Jalen Ramsey beat anybody up? No. What's Jalen Ramsey's distraction? That he went to a GQ magazine and told how he felt about some quarterbacks, and then he had a tirade with his head coach on the sidelines, which happens, you know, every once in a while in the NFL. It happened with Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels a couple years ago where I thought they were going to come to blows. But my point is, we keep saying distraction, distraction, distraction. But those players in that locker room, Mo, they're not worried about the distraction because when they go on the field, they're going to go to Jalen Ramsey and go, hey, man, go ahead and lock down Hopkins for, you know, 40 yards, whatever it is, 50 yards, and we'll do our job. You know, like, I, I feel like the, the the term distraction and, you know, being a detriment to your team is so overblown these days in the NFL.
4: Uh, you're exactly right, Austin. And, and it, it's, it's it's so funny. So, Brent, you know, I'm really involved with my kids in their sports, and I coach and I got into a, a little argument with one of my coaches on the sideline uh, on Saturday because I wanted to put a kid in, and he was like, "He's not. It's not his turn to go in." But I was like, "Yo, we got to get him in." Um, after that, you know, the kids saw us like we raised our voices, but it wasn't there wasn't a you know face to face type of thing like you saw on Sunday. But then one of my kids, I went to pull him out, and the kid told me no. Right? <laughs> and, so, and so, in this situation, what, what do I do? Do I berate the kid, or no? Like I just called timeout. I brought the kid over and said, "Hey, listen, man. Like, it's your turn to come out. You'll go back in the game later." But as a head coach, and, and this is one of the most important things that I can say. And then granted, look, when you're on the sideline, things are heated. I mean, I, I remember um, getting pulled out of a game, or I, matter of fact, I remember after my knee surgery against the Tennessee Titans. They pulled me out and they were like, we're, not, "We're done giving you the ball." And I was like, "What are you talking about? We're in a tight game. We gotta, we gotta play." And, and, and I was so upset because there's so much going on on the on the sideline. You're all, you know, gassed up to play. And Coach Del Rio pulled me to the side and, and he's a former player and he was like, "Hey man, you're out. Period." And I I came around. I was like, "Why?" I was like, "I thought we we're here to win." He goes, "We are here to win." But I said, "You're out." Right. We were going back and forth, and so finally I just said, "All right, whatever." When the next day we went down, me and him talk for like an hour and a half in his office and he was like, Listen, we have a plan for you. And and, and then finally I can understand, but it's hard to, to, to take yourself out of it. And I feel like the media and me being part of the media, we see, you know, Jalen and, and Doug Marone on the sidelines, yelling everything the person goes, Oh, you gotta get him out of there. He he doesn't respect the coach. It's like, no, 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 no. They're both competitors, and they're they're both pretty much – they probably were trying to do the same thing on the sideline, but they were just coming from different sides of the fence. And you have these skirmishes. You have these blow-ups. Also, you talk about the GQ magazine. Like, what what is that? He's just talking. That's another distraction. That has has zero to do with anything. (laughs) And and I I think you said it best is that when you're on the field, I know what he's going to give me on the field every day of the week. Yeah. The, the last I know three,
3: that if we put him on whoever. <laughs> yeah, the the last thing the, No, you're good. The last thing you're talking about in the huddle when when the, the middle linebacker's giving you the the call or the coverage or the or the front of the formation, <laughs> the last thing they're talking about is hey, remember when Jalen Ramsey talked about Matt Ryan? Hey, <laughs> do, do you remember when Jalen Ramsey said Josh Allen was trash? Like the players forget about it. It's just and like I said, Mo, I'm I'm with the media too, man, so I'm right with you, right? And it, it falls on us as well. But I feel like we blow it up so much when it doesn't have to be blown up because I guarantee in that locker
2: room it's not that big a deal. But, guys, let me ask you this. He it, Maurice I Maurice Jones-Drew, by the way, with us, uh, of course, former Jags, uh, great running back. We'll be on Jaguars All-Access tonight. At Mellow Mushroom in Avondale. Come on out, say hello. You can watch the show 7 o'clock on Fox 30, and we'll talk more about it as well. But here's where I've got to disagree with you guys a little bit. And two fronts. And Austin doesn't see it this way as much as we've talked about the last couple of days. I saw a player put his hand on a head coach. I think there's got to be a line somewhere along the way. I don't know if anybody in New England's done that to Bill Belichick. Now, it wasn't a violent thing, but it was a hand on a coach I saw on TV. And then the other part of this is, well, they could have all had these communication things and everything you guys are talking about, but he went in there and asked to be traded and get the heck out of here. He's the one that's brought all the attention now to that. He's the one that said, I want to get out. Yeah, but he, does that mean you have to let him out? Oh, I wouldn't let him out either. I, I'm all for him staying yeah, in here. Sure. you got to make it work. But but now you've got an unhappy player, and unhappy players aren't always a great well, thing inside well, a building. Well, 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 let's go. Why why is he unhappy?
4: Brenton, me and you have talked about this. What What is the, the, the
2: major cause of his unhappiness? He doesn't like the scheme, and he doesn't like the no, – No, no, no. He doesn't like what the organization has done in terms of paying other guys. Uh, that's what exactly. we've talked about, yes. And
4: that is in an Austin, awesome, and anyone else here can talk about it. And this is this is why the, the locker room dynamic is so important. You and everyone in our in our in our world does it goes this any time if you're working wherever and you're putting in a ton of work and you're excelling and someone that's not performing as high as you is getting paid more, you're gonna be upset. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't care if it's the same position, I don't care if it's a manager, an employee, I don't care, however it goes, you're gonna get upset. And the locker room is the same way. You can't continue to pay guys and then, then, then not play at a high level and not pay the guys that have, that have, you know, played well for you. You can't do that because it ruins your locker room. I, I'll go back to when we were in 2007. I think it was Kalief Barnes and Mike Peterson were, were coming up close to having a deal done. And we didn't pay either one of those guys. But we decided, we decided to pay Jerry Porter,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and we decided to pay
2: Drayton Florence. Yep, a lot of money. And, and and what happened, Brent. Yeah, it blew up. That was a bad locker room. And
4: and and, and that's what happens. Is you have to you can't just pay everyone. You just can't pay guys just to pay guys. They have to earn the right to be paid. And I remember sitting in that locker room in two thousand eight, probably halfway through the season, like we were we had a window, we were hitting our window where everyone was talking about that four or five year window or three or four year window where you can go to the Super Bowl. But you have to make the right decisions mm-hmm. in the front office and as players too. We have to we have to protect ourselves, and not paying our left tackle. Grant, he he has some off the field stuff that was going on. Not paying him, and, and for sure not taking care of Mike Peterson, who was our defensive captain, and going out and spending money on guys like Jerry Porter, who didn't who got hurt and didn't play well and caused some distractions, like some real distractions. Right, oh, he was awful. Um, Let's, and you, then, you don't right, have to say it, but I'll to, say it. He was
2: terrible. Mm-hmm.
4: Right, but but what I'm saying is like, Drayden Florence didn't really play up to par that year. Nope. Like those those guys, that's what ruined us. Was that we all looked at these dudes like you brought them in when we had other guys that needed getting paid that need to get paid. I, I'm still good friends with Drayden Florence, but I'm just saying like those are the those things happen. Yeah, that's right? a great point. And, 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 the, it, and so when you that's the that's the fallout of all this. It has zero to do with him liking the situation. I think he said he's like I love the city, right? Which This is strictly uh, um, a financial issue that is just, you know, now being, you know, they're saying, you know, he doesn't like the scheme. Scheme has nothing to do with it. He's been in a scheme for the last, what, four years. That has nothing to do with it. It comes down to you not compensating him the way that you should and then compensating others in free agency who haven't showed up.
3: And then, Mo, well, I kind of want to piggyback off that a little bit, too, because we were talking about a locker room. Uh, a big thing yesterday during that Jalen Ramsey press conference was the fact that Miles Jack and some other players were there. And it was almost like they are in support of Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, there's one side that says, well, Jalen Ramsey is getting ready to leave. Why would Miles Jack be there? Because Miles Jack just got paid, and, you know, he's he's supposed to be like the future going forward for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm trying to explain, yeah, Miles Jack may be the future, and maybe he may have just got a brand-new contract. But he still supports Jalen Ramsey. He wants to be see Jalen Ramsey be successful if he's with Jacksonville or somewhere else. But he wants to see Jalen Ramsey make that money. And I think sometimes when you don't play your start when you don't pay your start players like that, that echoes in the locker room a little bit, and that's how you can lose a team.
4: Well, well you know, uh, Austin, it's the same way. It, it goes back to the Chargers, what they're doing with Melvin Gordon. Um, and it's the same thing. Players always want to see other players successful, especially ones that are playing at a high level. Regardless Absolutely. of what Jalen says in the off season, regardless of what goes down when he's on the field, that is the most important thing because he produces and he covers the top corners. He may struggle or the top receivers. He may struggle against some guys. He may give him a play here or there, for, but for the most part, he's locking stuff down. Um, and I think Miles Jack going there showed you that the locker room supports him. And other guys showed that the locker room supports them. And so it, it, when, you, when you're when you running an organization, and granted, this is what I'm learning this right now from working at the NFL Network, because it's hard to do it when you're a player, right, because you're in it. Mm-hmm. And you're trying, to you're trying to win each week. And there's a bigger picture, right? There's a bigger picture. But the, the nucleus of that picture, the middle of that picture, the most important part of that picture are the players in the locker room. I, and and I, I think I heard Coach Del Rio talk. He was on ESPN. He was like, you don't want to set a precedent. I do. I do want to set a precedent. If you're balling like you're supposed to, you know what? I'll tear your deal up and redo it, but you better be making plays day in and day out. That's the precedent that I'm going to set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to look at it in a negative and say, oh, well, the precedent, is that he has two years left. And we, No, 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 because not, not everyone on your team is Jalen Ramsey. That is right? true. That is absolutely true. Not man. everyone on your team is Yannick Ngakwe. Not everyone on your team is Miles Jack. But if you play like those guys, guess what? I have no problem getting this thing done. Because at the end of the day, what what is the number one goal at the end of the day? Winning a championship. Yeah, And so it. if I can get more guys to play like those guys and play at a high consistent level, the better chance I have winning, the better chance that if, for me, I'll be able to pay. I mean, look at the Cowboys, what they did with Ezekiel Elliott. He had two years left on his deal. But you know what? Jerry, as much as the holdout was and how they were going back and forth, Jerry understood that in order for us to win, 21 has to be in the backfield, period, because we've seen the Cowboys without 21 in the backfield, and it wasn't pretty. No, I wonder I if they might have won, like, one game out of six or something like that. Yeah, It, I mean, it was
2: bad. It wouldn't have been good. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew with us. Former Jags great running back. will be on Jaguars All-Access tonight at Mellow Mushroom in Avondale. You can see that on Fox 30, but we love you to come out to Mellow Mushroom in Avondale. Be a part of the show. I'm going to let you go in a couple minutes, but uh, you just said, uh, you told us earlier in this conversation that you did ask for a trade one time uh, when you were going through uh, the holdout stuff and it wasn't working out. What are the logistics of that, and uh, is it just a simple phone call from your agent? Is it pretty simple?
4: Well, I think I think uh, there was a statement said. I, I can't remember exactly, but when we we kind of my agent put out like, well, you know, there's 31 other teams, or I don't I don't remember exactly what was said. But once that goes out, teams will start to call. Yeah, right to check to t- to see if hey, you know, it, you know, are you serious about trading the person? Uh, if they say yes or no. Depending on how it goes, teams will then start to talk and they'll start to negotiate a, a, an offer. Now, once they come to that offer, I want to say there's a couple teams that traded a two and a five. were talking about a two and a five. The Jags, I think, wanted a one. At that point, I was a one was pretty uh, pretty high for my for uh, my price, I guess. But uh, they they. The Jags didn't like the offers they were getting, so they decided not to do it. I think the Jags now are asking, from what I'm hearing the reports, what I was seeing was like two firsts.
2: Two firsts, yeah.
4: It, it's, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. it's not enough, because in the next two years, I, I don't see a corner in college right now that's Jalen Ramsey.
2: Yeah, it's not enough. No, it's right, a, so, listen. He's the best. He's one. You listen. You were one of the best players to ever play here. I have already already said Jalen Ramsey is one of the best players to ever play here. He's only been here for four years, and on top of that. Mojo, I say, other than you, he is the most nationally branded Jacksonville Jaguar of all time. And quite frankly, and all due respect to you, I think he's already passed you by in that regard.
4: Uh, so well, uh, hold on, Brent. Brent, hold on. You know, I'm, I'm on TV every day. You can't, don't you? Do <laughs> no, you gotta be in the <laughs> uniform, man. You're exactly right, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it's 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 at the end of the day, you can tell someone's worth when you when people say. Like, uh, we'll go to Antonio Brown with the whole thing that went in Oakland. When they cut him, there was literally 11 teams or more that tried to go and get him once he was cut. Crazy. That tells you your worth. As, as wild as everything that went down that happened out there, 11 teams still wanted him, which lets me know that talent trumps all that. Oh, yeah. And so when you have a talented player like Jalen Ramsey, You cannot. You cannot. But and I get it because with, you know, Nick Foles, he goes down and, you know, I think that the young player, I'm not going to say his name because he went to this other school that <laughs> doesn't have to use their names. But he he looks promising as if he has he may be able to get you a game or two, but you don't have to play defense. You don't have to, you don't have to play, you know, you don't have to win these 13, 14 games, which is going to have to do. Um, but – how is it? How is that going to happen? And let's also remember, A.J. Day was out this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: Correct. He's questionable
4: this week. Hop- and you still hold Hopkins to four catches for 40-some yards? Yeah. Well, I A- mean, like... Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just saying, like, like, that That to me tells me how elite this player is and that how many teams that are calling you right now, and I don't know who's calling because I'm not in the building. I'm going to get, I try to get in there today, but... My code doesn't work, so you may be right. Or maybe a more high-profile guy. But, uh, but uh, no, I'm just lying. I'm going up there later today. But um, but it, it may be. It like it just to me. You players win games. Yep. Players win championships. And when you have great players, you never let them out the building. You never let them out the building, especially if they're they're homegrown.
3: Well, let's quick be honest here, too. We're talking about Dave Caldwell. We're talking about Doug Marone, whose jobs are on the line right now, who have to win games. The last thing you want to do is let your best player on that entire team go someplace else for some draft picks because guess what? Those draft picks aren't going to help you win games this year when your job's on the line.
4: Austin, it's, you know, football is very simple. I I used to tell people this all the time. It's checkers, not chess, Mm -hmm. right? Like, literally, just... You, if, you're, if your pieces are better on the board than the other team's pieces you have a 90% chance to win mm-hmm. right because yeah. you have pieces that can execute your game plan better than the other team can that's really what it comes down to now there's coaching comes into the scheming part of it but I, I I go back to my game this past weekend where I was coaching we played a team and we had a great practice and we're throwing the ball over the yard and I'm like yo we're about to be like we're about to be like the old Colts back in the day we're <laughs> going to air this thing out <laughs> And so, I mean, guys are running open, but guess what? We had, we had the drop sees, right? Mm-hmm. So we ended up winning the game seven to six. But at the end of the day, I was like, yo, this game plan, at least I thought it was perfect, but we just didn't <laughs> execute it. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's nine and 10 year old football or if it's in the NFL yeah. players win games. And I'm learning that as we go, like there's, you always were always learning to get better. You need players to win games. And so I told our little kids uh yesterday before I left, I said, Coach is coach, so we're gonna do our best to coach you, but it's up to you guys when 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 it's time to go to go out there and execute and do the best that you can do. And so that's one of the things that we have to understand is that coaches are gonna coach their butt off. Yeah, you're gonna be here all night studying, but you need to make sure and I think Coach uh uh Wash said it best, like people like, Yo, like, I'm ready to go to Fisticuffs to keep Jalen here. Like, yeah, I bet you are Yeah. Yeah. We, you you need players like that, and if you can continue to draft players like that over and over again, it'll change your franchise.
2: All right. Hey, we got to let you go, and you got to go. Uh, what's the name of that team, by the way, that you coach?
4: Uh, the Ceremon T-Birds. Like, we're 2-1 right now. We're uh, you trying to bounce back from a tough loss a couple weeks ago, but uh, we'll be good. Come on, Vince Lombardi.
2: We got to get you some wins there. Let's and, go. And Mo, I'm not sure what the age groups are. i run the wing too.
3: Hey, Mo, I'm not sure what the age groups are, man. But I have a four year old right now who's super tall and super lanky. That's looking for a spot to play in a couple years. So
4: maybe I'll yeah, give you a call. Listen, if you ever, I mean, the thing is, you know, I'm on the other side of the country, though. So you know, we, we hey. can <laughs> keep him and, and take care of them. We'll start a cattery or something. Get him going.
2: Let's get it. Uh, <laughs> hey, one, last, you got to answer this in like ten seconds. Can they? Can can this work, or is it done? In Jacksonville with Ramsey. Oh, it, it,
4: yeah, you know, it, it can work because it's real simple. You you have to go in there and say, um, you first have to sit down and talk and understand where Eastside's side's coming from, and then at the end of this year, you need to pay him. That's the only that's the only reason it's going it's going the way it's going, is that he 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 doesn't feel he doesn't feel appreciated in this on this in this uh, locker room. Very simple.
2: Maurice Jones-Drew from the NFL Network, former Jags great, and he's going to be on TV with us tonight on Jaguars All-Access, Mellow Mushroom, and Avondale. Come check it out, or you can watch on Fox 30. Hey, man, that was awesome stuff. Good uh, perspective. We appreciate you taking the time.
4: All right, no problem.
2: All right, Maurice Jones-Drew checking in on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. A lot to digest from the former Jags running back who was in a somewhat similar spot years ago and um, did ask for that trade. I kind of want to ask for a trade of something. From here, I don't know. What's up, like, man? But is that how you feel about us? I, I just want to ask. Like, I really don't want to be traded. I just kind of yeah. want to. I they feel like kind of fun to do that. Well, I think you just want to know their value, right? Well, Everybody wants that. to know what, what yeah. their value is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, go ahead and ask and see what happens. I don't man. know. My key card still works. <laughs> it'll be valued <laughs> it'll, at something. It'll just be me and Coos
3: running the show, and that'll. Coos uh, is a so treat. mad at
2: us because we're so late to commercial, yeah, but it was you know worth what? it with Maurice. Sometimes you gotta go with the flow, man. Sorry, Nick, boss yeah. man, Nick. Oh, he's gonna be upset. Sorry, Coos. We'll be back right after this.
0: Jalen and I have always had a a good, open relationship where we've always been able to talk. And we sat down yesterday. We talked about, you know, what's going on as far as he and I. And, you know, it's like anything else in this profession. You know, it's it's behind us now. Uh, His focus is on playing and being doing the best job for his teammates. Um, And my job is being able to do the best job for the team. So, you know, that's behind us right now.
2: Well, that's Doug Marone just a short time ago talking about the Jalen Ramsey situation. And Jalen Ramsey will play, will start tomorrow night against the Tennessee Titans unless he's wearing a different uniform by then. But I don't think that's the case. It doesn't sound like it's headed that way. And uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, by the way, was fantastic the last half hour and uh – uh you know, it's, I, I've always feel bad. I asked Maurice to come on for like ten minutes, and yeah, and before we get Jaguars all access tonight at Mellow Mushroom in Avondale, uh, you can watch it on Fox thirty at seven o'clock, and and then we keep him forever. But he was so good and really good, and I like the player perspective and the player side of it, and and hearing him talk about it. Now I get a little tired of you guys always defending players on every topic. I will say that.
3: Okay. Well, you know, we're important.
2: So, I mean, <laughs> no, was, no, I know I you're like, I, say, I'm dude. Just kidding. I, I, don't you kidding. I, I would like, uh, and that's why I do bring up, though, and I think it is fair to bring up the fact that he has asked for a request at this time. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I do, this is what I would have liked to talk and I'll, I'll talk to him a little bit more about it tonight. Uh, but, you know, is there a time and place for it? You know, as a player, and uh, with all due respect to, you, to you, Austin, you are yeah. in a different situation. Coming in as a fifth-round pick, you know, battling for spot, right. battling for make the team. You know, Maurice Jones-Drew will go down as one of the best no, players in franchise history. Yeah. Had some leverage. Jalen He's making a lot of money. And making Jalen's a of making money. a lot of
3: money. That's right. I'm, I'm waiting for Cam Soda to offer me a deal for a steak dinner to do some stretching in, in my jock strap. I know yeah, there's, there's yeah. differences.
2: I do, but, but levels I just, to this. But I do wonder though: is there from if you were in that situation, is there a, is there a point where Say Maurice can be right, and you can be right on 99% of that stuff, but is there a time and a place and a line that can be crossed on it? And I think it's fair to ask the question, has Jalen at all at any time, and maybe this week, and with the timing of it, with what he did on the sideline, uh, with how he's reacted to some things, has he crossed that line at some times?
3: Is there a time or a place? I mean... Good question, but you had to ask yourself the same question. Is there a time or a place to pay a guy some money? Because contracts get negotiated throughout the beginning of the season up until the end of the season. Now, I've been adamant I'm saying this whole Jalen Ramsey thing, I don't think it's just about money. I, th- I think it's more about the front office and that culture of the team.
2: Well, well and Mojo's Mojo, right on the money about that. He is. Mojo, brought about a, the
3: Mojo brought up a great point when he said, you know, like if there's guys that are getting making a lot more money than you are, they're getting these new contracts and and they're not performing to their best abilities as as, as the star player, as the best player in that team that frustrates you. And that's going to trickle down to the players that follow you. Um, for example, Brent, let's go back in time a little bit here. Who have the Jaguars offered big contracts to? You got Brandon Linder, who's a captain of your team. Now, I'm not saying Brandon Linder didn't earn that contract, but he's getting paid like he's the best center in the NFL right
2: now. And and let's be fair, back in I've covered these these signings. And people raise their eyebrows at that. They're like, Is he the best center? And now, since then, in fairness, now this is hindsight. Mm-hmm. They're investing early to try to get a better deal, you know, in the long run. He's no longer the highest paid center, I don't think. But at, uh, but at, at the time, time he at was, at the time he yeah. was, they're investing in and gambling a little bit, much mm-hmm. like you do with a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a little bit of a defense of the organization when you had a lot of money. They had a ton of money sure. at that time to throw around, and what they didn't see coming is him being hurt and not playing a full season really at all yeah. since then.
3: Yeah. Uh Let's go with Andrew Norwell. Andrew Norwell is a guy you throw a lot of money at. A lot of money. And, and I'll be honest, I, I don't know the dude, nothing against the guy, but when I watched that Houston game, I saw his back turn twice. And when you're getting paid that much money as one of the top guards in the NFL – you got to perform like one of the top guards in the NFL. Uh, Blake Bortles, another prime example, and, and you know, and the Blake Bortles is a little more tricky, right? Because he was the quarterback of the team that led you to an AFC Championship game, but at the same time, if you go back through his history, if you go back through some of the plays that he made, I mean, if I'm, if I'm in that locker room, maybe I do raise my eyebrow a little bit and say, "Hmm, Blake Bortles got this brand new deal. He, he got this big deal," and I'm just saying. You know, it just keeps adding up and adding up and adding up. Now, yes, they've had they made some good calls. I think Clay, Callan, Campbell, anybody who agree with me, was a great signing. Yeah. You know, I think when Malik Jackson was here, I thought that was a pretty good signing as well. So it's not like this, the the front office, or whoever's running the show, is completely inept. I mean, there, you know, there's been some smart calls too. But I'm just saying, when you're talking about a player being dissatisfied, the best player or your team being dissatisfied. All these things start adding up. All these things start adding up, and like we, like I said before, it finally blew over on the Houston Texans sideline.
2: Do you think? I, and I, I said this um, a, a little bit yesterday as well. But you know, all those signings that you're talking about, again, it was a different place and different time where they had the dollars. They did. They had a lot of money. This whole organization did, and they actually held it too long, in my opinion, because they weren't spending, weren't spending, weren't spending. Then they finally said, "Okay, well, it's time to spend," and you know, they did that. And you have to give them credit for going to that AFC championship game because they they did a little bit what Denver did. They hit on those free agents, Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson. The reason they were good is because some of those free agents were good. So it isn't all bad. I know everybody likes to paint it like it's all or no, nothing. And, yeah. and, and like you said, you just said it's not all bad. But – there are certain, some certainly some curious ones if you're sitting in the situation of Yannick Ngakwe and Jalen Ramsey right now. And I just want to make it clear, and I think Maurice Jones-Drew brings up a great point. We have discussed this before. I kind of answered the question wrong when he asked me, but we have talked about it. And it's it's not necessarily – now you piece it all together. Jalen Ramsey said yesterday, yeah, my my money will come. <clears throat> so it's not about his contract necessarily. It's the fact that the organization has made these questionable moves – and on top of that, are now wrestling with signing Yannick Ngakwe and not signing him right now and giving oh. his money. So there's like – it's it's not just one. It's it's kind of a two-parter. Yeah. And, it, and it starts not necessarily, I don't think – now, Jalen would be the only one to answer this. It's not necessarily even about Jalen, the first part of the sentence. The first part is what you just brought up, Norwell, Linder, mm-hmm. Bortles, those kind of guys. Well, Look where we are. We're still we're zero and two. We've lost two out of the last four. We've won yeah. two out of the last fourteen football games. And oh, by the way, I still haven't got mine. And I'm making Pro Bowls. And I'm an All Pro. Yeah. And I'm shutting down Deion. Hopkins. So but, that's what that's what no. MJD said. Yeah. And and I get it.
3: But let's be honest with this two point here, Brent. Where from that Jalen Ramsey press conference yesterday, we took a lot of things away from it. And we took that, he kept saying what? He's a team player. He cares about the team. He cares about the team. He cares about the team. Miles Jack being there and other players being there to support him would support that statement. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he was telling the truth or not, we don't know. I'm taking him at him his word for it because I think he was speaking truthful. So I'm going to assume that Jalen Ramsey cares about the team because he's the best football player in that locker room, and I think he wants to be successful. So let's say he cares about the team. Well, Brent... I've been on the show adamant about paying Yanni Kengaku for how long now? I mean, it's it's literally right behind you. It's I'm still a, there. Pay hey, there, uh, there, There's a giant cutout of me. Well, uh, we
2: have tight shots now, yeah, so you can't see it. You can't see, see it. it.
3: But there, there's an aggressively giant-sized head cutout of me, and the speech bubble "Pay on," and that's been there for probably two or three months now.
2: Wow, I feel awfully close to you right yeah, now. Yeah, well,
3: as you should. I feel like as I'm you dancing should. with you. As you should. I'm I'm obviously leading that <laughs> dance. Don't get it twisted. So. Think about this, though, Brent. If that's me saying it, what – I mean, listen, I cover the Jaguars. I'm going to cover them whether they win or lose. Now, yeah, I played on the team, and I'm a fan, but I haven't been here since 95, right? I'm not in that locker room, and if I'm saying they should pay on, pay on – and. Granted, I'm not a GM, all right? I I don't know how the numbers work. Yeah, well, you were than everybody
2: else. All players would pay everybody. That's well, a little bit of your problem. No, okay. Just a little bit.
3: Okay. You want to pay everybody. Okay, well, I, don't, I want to see Jan get paid if I'm on the defense. And I think, well, what did Jalen say during the press conference? He said, pay Jan.
2: He did. Yeah, he vouched so, for him again. So there you go. I yeah. mean, if it...
3: If you're at your own press conference and you think that, you know what, I may not be here next week, I may not be here tomorrow, and you're still adamant about saying, and it just comes into your mind because the speech had to be generic. This wasn't pre-planned because you could tell. And if, he's, if he says pay on during it, Well, maybe then they want to see Jan get paid. I don't don't think it's just Jalen Rams that wants to see that.
0: Yeah,
2: a couple quick things. Brian BCC on Twitter says, One of the best interviews, by the way, getting players' perspective is always valuable here in MJD. Say he thinks he can be salvaged is positive. But if we're being honest, Caldwell and TC are too proud, right? And I responded back and said, I don't know about the last part, but appreciate the first part. And he wants to know if it can be salvaged. Maurice Jones Drew said he thinks this situation can be salvaged. I did kind of hint at that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because I said, if they win tomorrow night, and they don't have a two first round picks on the table. Maybe this isn't as drastic as everybody's making it out to be over the last forty eight hours. And he's got to be gone because I just I think fences can get mended here. I think it changes day to day. I think it changes game yeah. to game. Outcomes change. Now if they lose and they're zero and three and and it doesn't look good. I, it might, it might even be more reason to get out. But it yeah. seriously could depend on that. Well, and I'm not kidding about that. No, it could I, depend I believe you, on a win tomorrow night. And then maybe even they haven't made a deal by next week and they win in Denver. Like these next two weeks, it could really depend. And it, immediately it could depend on a win tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Whether this thing can work out and things can get repaired or if it's done and the ship has sailed. I, I haven't adamantly said, this guy's definitely out of here. I don't believe that because I don't think anybody's offering two first-round picks, bam, just like that. I think that will take some time.
3: Yeah, and, you know, winning is the ultimate prescription to calm a locker room down to get everybody back on the same page. Winning solves everything, man. When you're losing, that's when you got to point the fingers. That's when you start questioning, well, why why aren't we doing well right now? And we've seen it come to a head. I mean, we've seen all the stuff going on right now. Yeah, I agree with you where this, for an Owen for listen, for a random Thursday night game against Tennessee and Jacksonville for the 100th time, thank you NFL Network, this might be one of the most important games in the Jaguars franchise. <laughs> not, and At the, least in only, 2019. Yeah, because n- not only from a winning standpoint, but I agree with you. I think that if this team loses, I think not only are we talking about Ramsey, But you got to start considering maybe the coaching staff as well.
2: And I brought that up yesterday. I said, is there a situation where if they get waxed tomorrow night, Mm. that Sean Conn starts thinking about the only way to salvage the season is maybe to make a change? And here's
3: the thing about it. Coaching is going to have a direct correlation of how the game goes tomorrow. Like, yeah, you're going to call your schemes and everything. you got a game plan. But make no mistake about it, Brent. We know what's going to happen during this game. Both teams are going to line up in the trenches, and whoever's the more physical, the more intense. Uh, you know, whoever wants it more is probably going to win this game and makes the less mistakes. And
2: when I when I talk about those things, those fall on coaching. Sound speech, Gary. You got about like 20 seconds. I know you've been on the line a long time, but we're up against it. What you got? Well, the bottom line is,
6: we, all this we're showing They're two and 14 the last 16 with Jalen Ramsey. In the lineup, and the other thing is, guys, he says, don't trade him, don't trade him. If you lose him to the free agency, you only get a third round compensation. Wouldn't it be better get a first and whatever than have the guy lose anyhow and just get a third round? Could just say, oh well, keep him, keep him. If the guy doesn't want to stay, you get what you can for him.
2: Yeah, and it just depends how toxic it gets for uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Jalen Ramsey. And I don't know if it's there yet. At least Marone and Ramsey talked yesterday. And once again, Ramsey will play on Thursday night. Coming up next, I'm interested to hear what this guy has to say. Brian O'Halloran <laughs> from the Denver Post. Oh, man. Yeah, he you, he oh, comes on every hey, week, but he also reached out on You're about me, taking the player <laughs> side. but Brent had to go to the bullpen, <laughs> uh, put
3: out the bat right. signal, and now here comes Big Ryan O coming don't, to take your don't spot. Don't
2: frame me like I'm against players. Don't do that. Dude, you, you know, don't uh, do
3: that. I work with you because you do respect <laughs> the players. Don't get it twisted. But i got to give both sides of the story. I know. Oh, we're getting another side <laughs> coming up next. I can't wait to hear
2: what Ryan's got to say. Uh, he's coming up next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Welcome back here. Action Sports Jack's on ESPN 690. Kuz on the phone. I was trying to talk a little sign language to him. Just so yeah. I didn't know if we were going to hear from somebody. Marone or oh, Michu I got you. or Boye or We've heard from just them us. already. We have heard from them a little bit, yeah. Uh, so we've already done that. And right now I know who we're going to hear from. We're going to hear from Ryan O'Halloran, former uh, Jags beat writer from the Florida Times Union. Now the Denver Post covering the Broncos. Hey, they stink. What's up, Rhino? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I tell you what, boys, next week is going to be Clash at the Titans. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on in Denver, man? How upset are they? They can't score.
6: Uh, They can't score, and more alarming, and what what has the fan base more up in arms is no sacks, no takeaways through two games. Uh, This is a team that has very little margin for error, and when you're not pressuring the quarterback and not creating short fields, uh, you're going to have those
2: low-scoring games, and ultimately, you're going to have two losses like they have already. Tough start for Vic Fangio, of course, in that regard. I mean, you talk, too, about you know, obviously this defense. People love it around here in Jacksonville uh, and across the league. I think it's well-respected. But, you know, Bradley Chubb supposed to have a monster season. Von Miller's Von Miller. That is a good defense to have zero sacks and zero turnovers. Wow. Uh, that's pretty incredible. What is wrong with that? Are, are people game planning around that? Are those guys a slow start? What's the deal?
6: Um, Well... They like to tell you that the teams are throwing really quick, and they are, but they're just not getting there. Uh, when they do have a, a you know a five step drop, or they try and extend the play. I mean, Mitch Trubisky on that fourth and fifteen had five and a half seconds yeah. uh, to survey the pocket and you know hit a Rob for twenty five yards and set up the winning field goal. So it uh, you know and the other thing is they haven't had a lead. They've been playing uphill, that impacts the pass rush, and you know when you get into third and shorts, you got to sort of be disciplined, play the run on the edges instead of maybe going after the quarterback but um yeah you know, big fans your next week against the jaguars i put i put Bradley Chubb right over Andrew Norwell and say Go eat, big fella, because that guy is overrated.
2: Yeah, well, and overpaid, and uh, that's obviously Ooh, a part of our conversation. Manner, yeah. uh, well, let me Before we get to the Jags and, and the Ramsey and, and other things around the NFL, which, by the way, we have been swallowed up by the Ramsey conversation, and yeah. there's a lot of things to it. The NFL, it, it might be one of the most wackiest starts to a season from a headline standpoint we've ever seen. So I want to do some quick hit stuff. But in Jacksonville, the two-point conversion on Monday, before all this Ramsey stuff, uh, was a huge conversation should they have gone for it did they call the right play well meanwhile in denver the broncos did a similar thing it worked they ended up losing the game but it worked give us the temperature of what it was like there why, uh, they moved it a little closer after the penalty but they still threw the football and converted uh give us some backstory yeah. on what happened there with the two-point conversion and why vic fangio did it well i'll
6: try to be as succinct as possible they tie the game they they score a touchdown thirty one seconds remaining. They're down by one. He sends out the team offense for two point delay a game. He sends back, he sends out the point after. They missed the kick, but Chicago's offsides. half the distance from the two, they throw it. Uh they don't finish the game, but you, I think universally you applied Big Fang's decision. And this is why I think Doug Marone tried the same thing. If you look at the schedule, you say, okay, maybe six or seven chances to win a game this year. Go win one and uh, take advantage of that opportunity. And I think Vic, you know, Vic coached that Chicago defense the last couple of years. He knew that in overtime, then marching down the field was uh, not going to happen. So do that. See if you can steal a win, get the one-on-one and one. I like the play call for Denver. They went Manuel Sanders pass. I like Doug decision to go for two. I would like to see the ball stay in Minshew's hands, get him on the run, see if he can score that way. Very tough score on a
2: two-point conversion
6: with a run up the middle.
2: I know uh, you were in Jacksonville for a while. I don't think you ever had 100% agreement, but I think everybody agrees with you on that. <laughs> 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 on the mid front. Oh, all right, hey, let's just start. Uh, hey, hey, uh, I said uh, that, or I didn't even say you were coming on the show on Monday, or, but you tweeted at us and said, make sure you ask me about this on Wednesday <laughs> or whatever we get on. So here we go. What do you make of all the Jalen Ramsey stuff?
6: I think it's a disgrace. Um, he, his behavior has pretty much been disgraceful since the day he was drafted. Uh, every day, every year, it's been something with him. Um, and I would move on from him. I know that's going to upset the people at Big Cat Country and all the fans who you know think he's an, actually a, an elite player, which he's not. Unless he'd be winning some more games. I'd ship him out of town. I'd start to rebuild with what you can get. I don't think they're going to get two ones because I don't think he's that highly thought of in this league, especially with the contract demands he's going to have. I, I would not play him tomorrow night. I wouldn't even allow him in the building tomorrow night. I'd say, you're deactivated until we trade you. Go home. And, you know, I think the, the mistake a lot of fans are making on Twitter is Sean Conn is not choosing Doug Morell and Tom Coughlin, and Dave Caldwell over Jalen Ramsey. He's not, because those three guys, their status is tenuous going into the rest of the season as well. All these guys could be gone next year. And that's one thing I made clear is, okay, what's Shad's vision for this front office in 2020? Who will be making the picks that they could receive for Ramsey? So there are a lot of other dominoes that have to fall. But, you know, if Doug if were on the coaching stuff, you're like, this guy has given other players bad ideas, I think you send them off. You have no intention of re-signing them. You allocate that money toward Ngakwe. You have a defense built behind Miles, Jack, Yannick and Ngakwe. If it will work. Don't know, but you get two of them re-signed. You get something for Ramsey, and you move on.
2: Hey, fair to say, uh, Rhino Hallen from the Denver Post, with us, covered the Jags for a few years. Covered Jalen Ramsey. Fair to say, and, and I don't want to I don't want to label this. I'm just asking you that you have not been a big fan and big advocate of Ramsey. From I mean, you just mentioned not an elite player. I. Uh, I wouldn't agree with you there. I think he is an elite player. I think he is the the top couple of corners in the NFL, if not the best corner. Why do you – so, two-part question. You're not a big fan, and also, why don't you think he's elite?
6: Well, I don't like the way he's treated people in that building since the day he arrived. And, you know, you can yell at me all you want. You can yell at Philip Heilman all you want. We're big boys. We can take it. But – You know, I don't, you know, if you're going to rip your coaching staff, you're going to, you know, rip the, you know, your quarterback, et cetera, et cetera, that's not becoming of a leader. And thankfully for the Jaguars, he's not wearing a captain C. And I mean, my thing about paying a corner $20 million, which is what he's going to try and command. How much does a guy like him change the game? You could say he cuts the field in half. Well, this is a half field throwing game a lot of weeks in this league. So you just throw the tight end, throw the back pick on the other corner. So, um, you know, if, I think I think his baggage and his reputation is going to be, I think, exposed by what the Jaguars can't get for him on the trade market.
2: Yeah, by the way, uh, uh, I love you, Rhino. I think Austin loves you, Rhino. But I absolutely, think he's shaking man. his head, too, so we can always well, disagree. Why are you shaking no, absolutely. Your head?
3: absolutely. I, I respectfully disagree because you talk about how, the, you know, the corner isn't that big of a position, and Jalen Ramsey is one of the top corners, and he hasn't won a lot of games. Well, To prove the point of not winning a lot of games, Cleo Mack, when he was in Oakland, didn't win a lot of games. And he went to Chicago and absolutely changed that culture around. And all of a sudden, the Bears were a contender. Now, yes, Cleo Mack is a pass rusher. It's a different position. But if we look at the history of the NFL, whether it's the Seattle Seahawks with Richard Sherman, whether it's the New York Jets who had Mark Sanchez at quarterback, but they had Darrell Revis playing you know, corner, uh, taking away that field, whether it's Stephon Gilmore shutting down the Rams' offense to three points in the Super Bowl, History has shown us that you do need an elite corner to shut half that field down, especially in an offensive, happy, pass-happy league. Now, well, I'll, I'll grant you that point, but I don't think he's a guy who changes a culture. Um,
6: I would be very wary of putting him in a locker room with anybody. Um, that's sort of my rub. Is and also, you know, people would say he just wants to win. I don't think he cares. I mean, he, the first thing he mentions yesterday during that pathetic press conference, well, I shut DeAndre Hopkins down. We I mean, still lost the game, and you know, and you're, you're complaining about. I mean, he was just looking for a fight on the sidelines. a challenged a three-yard completion. I mean, there are tons of previous straws. I mean, if I'm a Jaguar fan, I'd be concerned whether this this front office knows how to capitalize on what the return would be for a player like him, but. Are You you know, they, if they deal them, it's not because of the man. They feel like they just need to get rid of them.
2: Yeah. Uh, listen, respect the thoughts, good thoughts. I'm not saying uh, we all have to agree on it either. And I will say this from the I want to win stuff. I think we have to be careful that Jalen's above everybody else in terms of being a competitive, uh, com- uh, competitor. I say this about you, man, Austin. I say mm-hmm. to play at the level you guys played at, we, you have to be a competitor to a, a place that I can't get at. I'm a competitor. I don't like to lose, yeah. but I can't get to that point. I haven't got to that point. That's a different kind of competitor when you're a 1% athlete, when you're playing professional sports, but it's not just Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think everybody in that locker room wants to win. Uh, that's a little bit, don't, it's not well, just well, Jalen that wants and, to win. And
3: listen, I don't know Jalen as a person. Like I said, if if I called him up right now, he would know who the heck I am. And that's cool with that. But we've also had teams in in Jacksonville that I've been a part of who are nothing but stand-up guys, who respected everybody, who were great in the community. And guess what? We won three, four games. And they were horrible seasons. I would rather deal with the distractions of maybe that this guy isn't the nicest person to maybe like a guest, like – like a desk worker, whoever else, or maybe he's not the nicest guy to the media. But if I'm his teammate, I know when I go on the field with him what he's given me. And at the end of the day, that's the matter between wins and losses.
6: Well, it's going to be interesting to see what, what which teams are interested in, because it's going to have to be a team with a strong locker room and a strong personality head coach, being a veteran head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking to a couple of guys in the Bronco locker room today, I mean, all, the only thing they could think of is the Chiefs. And as one player said to me, I wouldn't give up a one for him. I just treat him as a two-year rental. Yeah. And that's 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 the other decision teams are going to have to make is is are you prepared to have a big chunk of your cap taken over by a player that is mercurial? Kansas City wouldn't be that team. They got to be booked, they got to be banking on forty million dollars a year for Patrick Mahomes. Miami shouldn't be a candidate because they're trying to get that number one pick, and he may actually win them a game this year. <laughs> so, so I don't think they want to go that route, and they want to they want to. I think a team like that would be. A candidate in the off season, and I think from one last point on the Ramsey thing is, I, I laughed out loud when he said, uh, "I don't want this to be a distraction." Well, as soon as you made that call on Sunday, it was going to get out. This is a 32 team league that gossips more than people at junior high lunchroom, so it's it, you know that's not a surprise. But I think that, I think his play should have been, "Hey, let this season play out, and then." work the trade market during the off season where they were, where, there, where there's a lot of teams that could be interested. They have the cap space to be interested, could meet with their coaches vet this situation, and then maybe even get permission to talk a long-term deal with these guys. Things, things are happening really quick in terms of, Hey, trade contract or trade play out the option. Is he going to be happy doing that? I think there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts here and it's not a surprise that hasn't happened yet, but, If I'm the Jaguars, I think it's a big risk playing him tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and how quick. And we talked about that a lot on the show already. I don't believe this. I would not be surprised at all if he's here for several weeks in Jacksonville. I don't think anybody's just throwing two first-round picks. So you bring up a good point. He could be setting the table. Even if he doesn't get his way right now, could be setting the table for an off-season move, an off-season trade of some kind. Go ahead.
6: And, it, and that makes and that makes the next three and a half months um,
2: uncomfortable. <laughs> I know what that makes because, the next three and a half months, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and well,
6: it, it'd be good for radio. Uh, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing about the Jaguars is do they do they look at something they want in return? Do they want a first round pick? Do they do they need a player that can help them be competitive right now? And I'm going to talk in playoffs, competitive. I'm talking about being functional on defense. Yeah, because. Currently, AJ Boye is not going to be right for a while. You know, who knows what his future is. So, do you want do you want a corner? that can help you now and can be a building block for 2020 so you're not painted into a corner with the draft next year of having to take a corner.
2: All right, hey, I want to keep you rhino howling from the Denver Post. Appreciate all the thoughts on Ramsey. A different point of view. I love it. Uh, I love the different point of views that we've got on this topic from social media to everybody we've had on. Uh, But I also, there is a lot going on around the NFL, man. I mean, how wild is this? This this does feel a little bit more and more like the NBA from the the Antonio Brown to the Jalen Ramsey off the field stuff to Eli Manning being benched, Cam Newton uh what's his status is he almost done uh and all the dropping of quarterbacks big ben drew breeze this is wacky isn't it
6: yeah i mean it's quarterback attrition and bad officiating and those are two unfortunate storylines you didn't even see eli manning got benched, so that 2004 class has taken a hit but yeah. it shows you shows you how physical this game is how sometimes the offensive line play is a little leaky and in the breezes respect um but also how important it is to have a backup quarterback. And so that's going to be something to follow. I mean, you look at all the guys who are just broken down already. Secondly, the officiating, you have all these, all these head referees that are in their first year. They are calling this game by the letter of the law. And that's going to be a mistake. They got to make some judgment calls on these things like the roughing the passer and maybe offensive holding, which is at a record clip so far in two weeks. So, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure on Park Avenue in New York, they're saying, "Okay, people are talking about the wrong things, not including Antonio Brown." Yeah. So it's, you know, maybe the attention shifts back toward the field, but yeah, you know, it doesn't look that way for at least
2: a little bit. All right, one last one for you, okay? How are the Patriots and the Chiefs as good as they look? I mean, can they sustain being that good? And are the Dolphins as bad as they appear? I never
6: thought I'd see a team in this era worse than the 2013 Jaguars yep. that started 0-8. We covered that one
2: they closely.
6: Looked, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the fact they won four games the second half season is just a testament to the guys just sort of caring and not mailing in. The Dolphins would just look a, a ton worse. And, you know, they can't even get a first down. They can't even score a touchdown. But I think where the Dolphins are different than that Jaguar team is they at least had some chips to trade. All that Jaguar team had was Eugene Monroe. Yeah. and because nobody else really wanted their other veterans. So Miami does have a better chance of fast-tracking it if they're able to make the right picks. Patriots and Chiefs. Chiefs defense still can't stop anybody, and that's the concern. That's why New England has been impressive so far. They're actually stopping people. They're not even giving up garbage-time touchdowns, which is what they used to do a lot when they got up by 35 points. So, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think these two teams in the AFC are on a collision course. Toward early December in Foxborough, where they could be playing for AFC home field and a potential rematch in January.
3: Ryan, what 0 2 team right now, in your opinion, has the best chance of making the playoffs? The Panthers, Giants, Redskins, Broncos, Jags, Jets, Dolphins, or the Bengals? Wow, good question.
6: Well, there's
3: a hell of a lot of 0 2 teams, first of all. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. I'm probably (laughs) going to send send you an email first.
0: um, (laughs) Yeah.
3: Like uh, send me that uh, text message. Give me ten yeah. minutes to think about it. Um, best chance. Give them to them again. I will okay, say one more time you. So was, the, we have the Panthers, Giants, Redskins, Broncos, Steelers, Jags, Jets, Dolphins, and the Bengals. Gosh, it might all stink.
6: I mean, they, they, they all they all are not good. Yeah. Uh, but to pick one, you know, maybe the Steelers with mm. Fitzpatrick maybe can boost their defense. Maybe that veteran offensive line can rally around Mason Rudolph. Um, you know, this is a big one for them in San Francisco on Sunday. The 49ers won twice on the East Coast. Maybe the Steelers can go out there and steal one. I think there's going to be a lot of black and gold at that stadium. So if I had to pick one from that group, it's going to be uh, the, the Steelers. But, I mean, even, even those other teams, Austin, I mean, whew. I mean, a couple <laughs> of them are going to be 0-3. But
5: yeah.
6: then you're really in dire straits. I think this is mean. I think this is a very top-heavy league right now, which you hope that if that continues, you're going to have a hell of a playoff.
2: Yep. Ryan O'Halloran from the Denver Post. Hey man, we appreciate it. Good stuff uh, all around, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a good weekend. All right, take care, fellas. Thanks. All right, see uh, you, man. Ryan O'Halloran from the Denver Post, who's covered the Jags now covers the Broncos. One thought there, and. Uh, and we got to get, get going to another break, and we'll get some phone calls in and, and uh, a lot more to get to. Man. Can we go an extra hour today? <laughs> That's what i uh, Everybody's been great. It's been Overtime. fun. It's been a great conversation. I want to keep it going. Uh, but I, that was an awesome question there, and I never even thought of it going into all oh, these 0-2 teams. Uh. But I think, I think there's a lot of not-so-good teams there, and this is going to sound really homered up. I get it. But I would think some people would pick the Jags given two things. One, the fact that Minshew has looked pretty good in relief Mm -hmm. and they do get foals back at some point so if he can tread water at all and find himself a few wins he might be able to hold the fort for a bit Mm -hmm. even given all this other stuff i'm just and then the other one maybe the bigger one is they play in the afc south and the afc south is a pillow fight yeah until somebody proves otherwise it's a pillow fight
3: as opposed to the steelers who i think it would be a lot of people's favorites You got to keep in mind yes the browns may not or they may or may not be the real deal yet but the ravens Look like the
2: real deal so far, and people do think Cleveland could emerge, even if they got off to a slow start. Even with a win, they didn't look great the Mm. other night. All right, Uh, we have the Happy Hour Horn right now. Let's get to that. Vita de Louie always sponsors our Happy Hour Horn, and we are late on the Happy Hour (laughs) Horn, but it's always a good time for a drink. It's always Happy Hour. (laughs)
4: Ladies marching on There's enough for everyone to work. We're gonna make this party the best thing I've made This is my favorite place Nothing right will replace in. No, Not nothing Anything goes Gangsters rolling, half smiling It's over,
6: think of the
3: Have a drink, get a shot, sip your star tenders, and grab next an to chin strap because it's going to be a physical game tomorrow.
2: Oh, yeah, it will be. Vita de Louis recently got a 94 rating, and it's a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. and they want to help our friends in the Bahamas, so help them out. Vita de Louis has friends all over the world, includes the Bahamas. Help them raise money for Treasure Key Relief Fund and Hopetown Rising. All you have to do is go to com. 50% of all the merchandise will go to these funds. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. Your comments, a call or two, and appreciate you hanging on the line, uh, but I want to get your thoughts and a big-picture question about the NFL that I want to at least get off my chest, all right? And I wonder about where this is going. i got to get it in. I'm going to get it in when we come back on ESPN 690.
5: were still been supportive in the uh, meeting rooms and everything like that. The coaches have done a great job of just making sure that we're focused on the game plan. You know, when you come off a tough loss like that and then you have injuries, a quick turnaround on Thursday, it's just eliminating distractions. And that's one thing that Jalen has helped us out with just controlling it, still showing up, still being here. He didn't have to be here, but he's still supporting us. And we're all just, you know, gelling still and just letting them do what they have to do.
2: Uh-huh. You pumping your fist,
3: spoken from my own mouth. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you, Mauricio. Jones- Someone's listening to What'd ESPN you on 690 Radio, what right? What's Boyan? up, man? Uh, we we might have a little Facebook group going on, man. Don't worry about it. I Sorry you didn't get the invite. I think tomorrow who's on the show?
2: We have to like get a definition of distraction.
3: Ah, uh, you all good, man? You, you and Ryan O'Halloran can hang out on your Facebook group, <laughs> and me and I, uh, me and the players, will hang out on our Facebook group, <laughs> and we'll see yeah. every once in a while, yeah, man. It's no big deal. Let's just
2: be perfectly honest. Don't be mad. We do live in a different world. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I don't know which one's right or wrong, <laughs> but I know they're different. They are. Uh No doubt about it. Brett Martineau, former Jags player, Austin Lane, uh, here on Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690. It a little weak. I was just saying, Austin, so this is why it's fun doing a show yeah. every day. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. We could really go on and on. And apologies to some of the folks that tried to call in and we didn't get to. Saqib's calling in uh, and, and has a thought real quick, so I do want to get to him. We'll get to some more comments coming up on social media before we get out of here tonight. Uh What's up, Saqib? What you got today? Hey, what's up, guys?
4: You know, I thought about this really quick. I don't think if you gave Jalen right now $150 million, he would stay here. He doesn't want to be in this city. He, I don't care what he says, that he cares about the fans or whatever. That we, support we supported this guy no matter what. We love this guy. I don't think he wants to be in this city. So all the fans, the Jaguar fans out there like I am, this guy does not want to be in this city, okay? So let's just let it go, get whatever we get for him. And move on. I know it's kind of hard.
2: We all love the guy, but let him move on. And that's just, it is what it is. And then see how it goes for next year. I mean, that's all I can say about that, man. Thanks, Aki. Appreciate it. Thanks for hanging on the line for that. He brings up a good point. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do think that he just wants out. First of all, Sakiba I will say this. If you give him $150 million, I think he stays.
3: <laughs> no, for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Because money does talk at the end of the day. Maurice yeah. Jones-Drew made that perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. And he's been in that situation uh, in his career. But how much does he I, – I, I get it. He can say he loves Duval, and I'm not saying he hates it. I'm not saying he hates the city, the people, the fans, the anything. He likes the beaches. He likes where he lives. He's building a house. All this stuff. I can buy all that. Yeah. I, this It's not about that it's about would he rather be somewhere else
3: well and listen he said on, on that podcast that he'd rather I mean if he had the choice yes. if he wasn't he said if he wasn't in Jacksonville he would choose Las Vegas which No offense to Las Vegas. Fun city to visit. I was there for the All Elite Wrestling thing. I wouldn't live there, dude. I I don't want to live in Las Vegas. I'd much rather live in Jacksonville or, he said, Nashville, where you know he kind of grew up and everything. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. So, ask the question, does he want to be there? Nothing that he's ever said, nothing he's ever tweeted has indicated that he does not want to be in Jacksonville. If you were to offer him a max deal uh, to make him the highest paid corner, which I truly believe he is the, the best corner, so if he gets paid like it... Yeah, he's going to make a lot of money, but you're also showing him that, listen, man, we're willing to pay you this much because we want you this much. We trust you this much. We value the, you this much. And we, this is how much that money shows that. So yeah, the, the, the money is great, but it's also w- what the money represents. And that's the fact that the team wants him around and in that locker room.
2: Coos, any other comments over there? I know that we had to get to some. Uh, what you got, if any? Or did I put you on the spot?
1: No, you're good. I got him right here. The uh, first comment is saying, do you guys think Flip should let
2: Gardner just air it out tomorrow? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And, and I, to that point, let's just, it's not going to be the air raid offense, all right? It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers and just throwing around or Drew Brees throwing around. But I do think he's given them a comfortability to at least run their offense and yeah. say, hey, you know what? We can trust this guy to do this, mm-hmm. right?
3: Absolutely, yeah. And I think... You know, the, the Titans have shown a little bit of different offense where they have showed glimpses of where they like to pass a little more. They're not going to do that against the Jaguars. They're going to come in and try to run the ball because that's what's won them against Jacksonville four times before. And I think if you're John Filippo, I do think you expose, uh, you know, their secondary a little bit and their defense. And you try to pass the ball, whether that's going to your tight ends, whether that's going to your running back and Leonard Fournette, which we saw Glimpses of yeah. which looked pretty impressive like in the past game. It's about keeping that defense honest because I guarantee Tennessee's going to come in, stack the box, and go Gardner Mint, can't beat us, right. bring it on. And if they do that, and you're John D. Filippo, who you know, he likes spreading the ball around as we've seen so far, that gives you an opportunity to win. Because I'll tell you what, on the other side of the ball, Brent, with Mariota, I get it. They're trying to make Mariota the guy in Tennessee. They're so, you know, putting the ball in his hands way too much. I feel like I don't think Mariota's the guy. And if you can get after him with that offensive line being kind of decimated right now with Taylor Luan sitting out.
2: I think it's going to be your game to win. All right. Uh, we'll see what happens. We're just going to break down the game for the first time this week tomorrow. <laughs> when? Yeah, like two hours before the game's <laughs> going to happen. All right, I got to get this thought in. And I want you Hit to talk real right quick. We've got it. a couple yeah. minutes left. I believe we might be looking at if you take your crystal ball mm. in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, wherever the NFL may be, we've talked about this before. Where will the NFL be in 20 years? Is it in danger a little bit because of the violent game it is, the concussions, the parents not allowing their kids to play as much? So take that part and now add in Antonio Brown drama. It's things like Ramsey. I'm not saying Ramsey's a key point here, or trigger point, but the Ezekiel Elliott, the Melvin Gordon, the Le'Veon Bells, guys like that that, wait a minute, I bought my season tickets and I'm not sure they're going to play. I sure. don't like that. From a fan perspective, I don't like that. I don't know if I'm going to see some of my stars play or are they going to hold out even though I think they're under contract and they're supposed to play. It's not whether it should or shouldn't, but from a fan perspective, I'm like, whoa, what the heck? Also, now we're seeing quarterbacks going down. We're seeing a ton of injuries here in the first few weeks. We're seeing a, a philosophical difference of how we approach the preseason and what we should do in the NFL for the preseason. Should we play four games? Should we play our starters? Should we practice hard? Mm-hmm. Well, whatever anybody did, Drew Brees is down. Roethlisberger is down. Two quarterbacks, well, Mono is one of the reasons in the Jets, but another one of two quarterbacks are down. Nick Foles is down. Players across the league are getting hurt. A lot of star players are getting hurt. So now, again, your big-ticket guys, not all of them, but a good amount of them, aren't there for the games. Now, fast forward a little bit, Tom Brady is going to be gone at some point. He's your megastar of the league, the Patriots. They're the team you either love or hate. Sure. They're the dynastic team, and they are going to be gone. That will hurt the brand a little bit. When you lose a guy like Brady, who's the best to ever play it. Yeah. Manning, you know, that coincided with the whole kneeling and all this other stuff. But I think the Manning loss hurt the game a little bit. I mean, he was one of the key stars. People watched the game because of Manning. So what I'm wondering, are we going to look back at this time frame mm-hmm. and say, oh, that was kind of – all this stuff. All of it, Yeah. the empowerment of players, the injuries, the violence, the concussions, the lack of youth play in the sports, or at least the falling numbers, have triggered our most popular sport in the state to be less popular. Mm Mm-hmm. So is there a chance? I mean, was that
3: kind of? I can answer this real quick. So, listen, the NFL is too big to fail. When I was a kid, it was about watching the VHSs. It was NFL Crunch Courses. You know, it was it was about the big hits. It was about defense. It was about the yeah. grit, determination. Well, what happened? Players started getting you know concussions and things like that, and the injuries started to be prevalent. So the NFL switched it to offensive oriented stuff. People still tuned in and watched. Completely different game. People still tuned in. Even with the whole Kaepernick thing, people threatened not to watch. Well, the viewers have never been higher. The viewership. So I think the NFL. Uh, is way
2: too big to fail. All right. We can talk more about it tomorrow. I I hope so, because I have like 10 seconds to sum that up. Jaguars All (laughs) Access tonight, 7 o'clock. Maurice Jones-Drew will be there. I'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30.